it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Every sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. let you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. I won't put up with this shit. Others put their hands up and surrender. You've shown bare red flags at times before. So I'm on crud and always will be. And if we meet, which I'm sure we will, this energy will be here still. You'll try back friend and shake my hand. That's when you'll see what I am on. I won't put up with this shit. <laughs> I love how you're threatening people in a, in a sweet voice. I love it. That was Will Young, right? Okay, we can go. We can go. I think that we we, sh- we came through and we can just go home now. I oh, think wow. that that's enough. That was Dido. Oh, wow. But she sung it like like the Will Young style. No, she didn't. Like, she sang um, it like Dido. You're beautiful. No, that was... That like, wasn't even... That's James Blunt. Oh, what's that one where they're pulling him away from the, the room, man? Um, Is it the one where he's... And then everyone's pulling him from this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good video. It was. That was a good song. Let me find out the name of that song. But Will Young, Will Young had bots. Green, green something. Evergreen. Evergreen. Yeah. No. I think it was Will. I think it was Evergreen. Will Young songs. Let's see what they tell us here. Evergreen. I think I better leave right now before i fall any deeper that's the one that they were pulling him away because why else would you be pulling somebody away i think i better leave right yeah, now you're right. i'm getting weaker and weaker is that evergreen no evergreen that's leave right now evergreen oh, is sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. okay oh that is him was that a cover what was he was he that sounds like a really old song no he but he had a knack for doing that in it those songs that making sounded, it sound classic yeah so that wasn't Will Young. That was Dido, White Flag. Oh, wow. I will go down with I love Dido. I was a big Dido fan. She's there was this up, there was an upbeat one that she did. She, um, Dido did an upbeat song? Yeah. And then she's like... And then she's in the car. I don't know Dido could be happy. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I can't remember the song, but yeah, that was White Flag. Anyway, by Dido. So switching up for my usual R&B bits to someone else, something Giving different. Giving us some range. Yes. Um, but anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, Suck okay. Your Mum. And it's me, Kalechi, and I don't particularly want to be here, to be honest. Why is that? 
Who are you? Oh, I'm Sadiq. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but why is that, Kalechi? Because I hurt my leg. Oh, yeah. Yes. that uh, The leg that you keep uh, standing on. Yeah. And walking on and running on. Oh, no, I haven't run. That's, that's defamatory and that's libelous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, you need to... We've spoken about that. You need to rest that leg because it's yeah. much... And I know you had a, a hell of a time, if you want to call it that, at the hospital. I just, honestly, I just, I really hope that this can be taken the way that I mean it. I don't have a problem with women who are white, but I fucking hate white women. Like, I, wow. I, I just, <laughs> honestly, I just don't know how else to convey it. You are white, that's one thing. But white women, TM, trademark, registered trademark. Karen's. Ah, uh, cannot, cannot, cannot deal with it because... How am I going to the hospital? Because my foot, um, you know, my it wasn't even my foot at the time. I just noticed that my entire right leg was so swollen and I'd already been like limping and stuff. But sometimes when I finish a really long run, my legs hurt. So I don't, I didn't think too much of it. Mm-hmm. But then on the um, Tuesday, so it wasn't even Monday after the run, it was Tuesday. I go to the loo and then I take my trousers off only to see that my entire right leg is like super swollen. So I was like, oh, this isn't normal. I've got to go to the hospital and take myself to the hospital now. And then the uh, white woman who's checking me, um, I was explaining, like, okay, I, I ran on this day, I did 13 miles, rare, 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 rare. And um, before that, prior to that, I noticed that I had, like, muscular fasciculation where, like, the um, one of the muscles in my knee, my right leg was just twitching constantly. Maybe it had something to do with it, maybe it doesn't. Testiculation. Fasciculation. Fasciculation. Yeah, not testiculation. That's oh. odd. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I told I told her that, and then she was just like, "Okay, well, we want to rule out that it's not deep vein thrombosis." So she or like a blood clot. So she takes my blood. As she's taking my blood, she's like, "Oh, yeah." So you ran. Which route did you run? I said, "Oh, I ran by this way and that way." Um, and she goes, "Oh, yeah." Don't you notice, like, by those parts, there's always protests. People are always protesting something. It's such an inconvenience. Like, what are you, what are you always protesting? Like, life isn't that hard. Whoa. What are you always protesting? So I was just like... Mm, are we I... talking about the same thing? <laughs> that, are you thinking at this point, are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, like, so I was just like... To... Where, where, I was just like, okay, cool. I won't, I won't get into this then. And then she's like, anyway, what do you do? I said, well, um, I... I've got a pole dance studio. That's literally how I opened up. I said, I've got a pole dance studio. I act, I write, got a podcast. And, you know, basically I just do um, social commentary. She goes, oh, so you're a professional protester then. <laughs> oh. I was just like, that Sally voice comes out of them all the time when they say something fucked up. That universal Sally voice. So so I was just like, mm. so by now she, she, and then she goes, so what kind of things do you talk about in terms of your social commentary? I said, just being black. British woman. Is she treating stuff. you as she's talking? She's taking, literally taking my blood as she's okay, asking me Okay, because I thought if you guys are just but, sitting but, down. No, no, vial oh. after vial, she's taking my blood okay, up uh, as we're doing this. And, and so I'm just like, yeah. I talk about black British woman. She goes, oh, so now she's feeling awkward because she just said protesting, inconvenience, rare, rare, rare. So I think she tries to redeem herself by letting me know that she's got friends who are of colour, not black, of colour, because she goes, yes, you know, in that case, you can help me because oh. my friend... Um, I babysit for her once in a while, you know, to save money on childcare and stuff. And, you know, her partner's from here and she's from here. And so their children are mixed and, um, you know, four years old. And I look after them. And, you know, the other day they came to me and they said that somebody, some naughty boys in their school told them to go back where they came from. And, you know, 
it's just so horrible, just so naughty that they would say that. And what do you say to a four-year-old? So I'm asking you, what do I say to a four-year-old? You know, asking those sorts of questions. And I'm thinking, you still haven't sorted out what's wrong with me. <laughs> and you're telling me that I should give you advice on what to do oh, God. here. So um, just absolutely mad. And it was just such a violation because it's not even like oh, do you have the capacity for this? I've already got enough things on my mind. And you're going, yes, you can help me. You've decided that you're entitled to free labour from me. Just like based off what I now, you like, Right, but now flip it. Because you as a doctor, if I saw you on road and then I just went, oh, you're a doctor, wonderful. So um, could you operate on this right now? Right. What would you, what would you, what would you say? Because you wouldn't do that, would you? There's a time and place for you to share your expertise. But you felt like, okay, right now you can tell me what to do. I said, look, as a black woman in the UK, I hear that rhetoric all the time. She was like, oh, well, that's really naughty, isn't it, that that would happen? What's this word? What's this that was that thing with naughty. naughty. Yeah. And she was like, and the school asked, they were like, oh, did the children tell the cleaner? Because when the parent brought it up to the school, that that's what was said. And she was like, oh, they don't know that I'm white yet. When they realise that I'm white, you know, so we're saving that tidbit of information before we... And I just thought, what is, what is this? this I, just is want, I, just, I just want care so I can go. But they took the bloods. She went off shift. She handed over to another white woman. Thank, that, oh, I was going to say thank God, but then... No, no, the, uh, <laughs> the other one I come through and she's like, oh, yeah, well, the bloods have come back um, and the results um, show that there, there, there is a possibility that you could have a blood um, blood clot, but um, you've got to come back tomorrow. Um, there's no appointment. Just arrive at 8.30 and somebody should see to you. And this is all during a week that... I'm still settling Lev into nursery and things like that, all on a all on a very very painful swollen leg. Nobody knows what's wrong with my leg. It could possibly be a blood clot, but go home and come back tomorrow then and take these thinners. If it's not a blood clot, then you just stop taking them. But if it is, they'll help to thin your blood. And if you notice blood in your stools or you start coughing up blood, then of course come back. Oh, because it's that easy. I should just 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 come back. That's when I was just like, you know what, this country's mad. But I think that the what gets me about it is that. You never know whether it's just racism or if it's racism sprinkled with incompetence. I think that's the hardest thing about it, that sometimes you're not able to discern, you're not able to just be like, okay, like, oh yeah, this is just incompetence. Because a lot of the time there is always a sprinkle of racism or yeah. the other way around, there's a sprinkle of incompetence. Yeah. They work hand in hand yes. a, lot, a lot of the time. But and yeah. especially when you're underfunding the NHS as well as a way to make it a hostile environment because the le the less funding that they have, the more overworked everybody is, then that racism is really, really going to jump out or they're going to prioritise who's deserving of a specific level of care. And that's not usually people who are non-white. Right. So everything works in tandem with each other. And so... I, yeah, it, it was just absolutely wild to me. So then I had to take myself back there the next morning, wait, and then I'm telling them that I was told by a doctor to come back today. Are you sure? Are you sure they said come back here? Yes, you can't. They, they said come back here. That's what I'm back. Does, does blood clots make you hallucinate? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but the wickedest part is that, again... They the um, this white guy does the scan and he shows me my leg is like he's like does this specific place hurt and I'm like yes that is where the pain is in my calf he was like yeah um, if you can see in the ultrasound it, there's a tear there so I don't know whether it's blood that's filled there or whether it's just fluid but you can see the tear and I was like oh and then he looks at the rest of the leg and he's like yeah well I don't see any um, clots or anything like the blood seems like it's moving through fine and then they say oh the nurse needs to see you so they book me in again through A and E everybody's still moving mad and i'm listening to the nurse and this is the second time that this has happened at saint thomas's hospital where i'm in a room the door's not closed and i can hear you talking to somebody else about me and then he's like oh 
I think that the problems with the knee is because when we're looking at the ultrasound, there's something there with the knee. Yeah, but we just want to rule out that it's not DVT, like it's not deep vein um, thrombosis that we need to worry about here. But we did notice some lymph nodes as well. Yeah, yeah. So should we, you know, it, it, it's very much um, in the ankle area as well. Yeah, yeah. So should she come over to you? No, no. But it seems like there are quite a few a bit, no. But you know what's hilarious, right? Is that you heard, you overheard this conversation She'll come back and say, all right, everything's okay. Um, we're just going to... That's literally what he did. He came in and he, oh my like, God. <laughs> and he didn't even want to touch my foot. Because he, um, he comes in and he goes, well, happy to say that you, you don't have a blood clot. That's what we really wanted to clarify on our end. And I was like, yeah, but it sounds like there's um, other, other things. Other, other things. <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, I spoke to the um, orthopedics and they said that you should be fine. You should be fine. Just take a paracetamol, take ibuprofen and you could take both at the same time. Um, you know, just purchase it at the super, supermarket. You'll be fine. And I was just like... He legit went off vibes. Literally, he legit diagnosed you off vibes. Oh, literally off vibes, <laughs> vibes and vibes alone. But I heard your entire conversation that there's much more going on here. It's like, yeah, it just seems like you know from what we've seen, you've um ruptured something in your foot. You've ruptured. He said ruptured the muscle, but I don't know how that's really. He was just like, yeah, you've ruptured something in your foot. I said my foot because it's my calf that you know that was where a lot of the pain was. He's like, yeah, but if you the way that everything's connected, yeah. So you know that's what's happened there. It's like so nobody wants to see about he was like well here are some crutches um and next time wear some more sensible shoes i was wearing my crocs so i don't know how much more sensible they can get than that and to be honest, i hate crocs but fine right but crocs are great Cro crocs are great Debatable. but it's the fact that <laughs> but it's the fact that he could say to me and wear more sensible shoes but my legs are my foot's extremely swollen and so are my legs so what shoe would i have worn that would have helped the swelling right so Crocs are actually the... I just, you know, honestly, I don't care if you work at St. Thomas's Hospital. I need you to know that that place is the absolute ghetto. And why it's worse is because that's one of the best places for you to receive um, care in this country. So if I'm getting that level of care or lack thereof, then I just don't know about the other places. But while I was there, while I was waiting to be seen and as everything was happening, I wrote an email to the um, patient liaison service um and i was just like yeah this place is a death chamber because this is not <laughs> wow. an I, and that's literally what i wrote in my email i was like because this isn't the first time that i've had a terrible experience here so and on the month three years ago to when i had the last um terrible experience here for my miscarriage i'm back again and you you lot are still as useless as when i left wow wonderful but then when i said the first time when i wrote in and there's you know episodes covering that when i wrote in and i said that i was treated this way clearly because i'm a black woman the head of women's health or whatever the fuck wrote back and said oh yeah everything that you said happened definitely did happen and we're so sorry for that but we're disappointed that you'd think that it's anything to do with race because you know we've asked the doctors and you know they, they don't think it's anything to do with race oh because they were literally going to say to you yes because she's yeah, a lignog that we did that that's why we did such, that such a useless investigation oh was anything were you racist to her at all no, no. Oh, okay no worries <laughs> that's it investigation closed so i yeah i really really hate that but i think what i hated the most is that now i've come online to say you know this happened and i don't know whether people's reading and comprehension skills are up to par because i will wrote something like that and numerous white women jumped into the comments and they were like yeah i had the exact same experience it's incompetence you know it's 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 a hatred of women that's the issue 
did they also ask you to explain racism? Did your doctor also ask you that to, to or demand from you to help her solve racism? Did that happen to you? Oh, heavens no, heavens no. I didn't have that experience, but otherwise it was similar. So therefore it's not similar. Because right. you can't take one thing out of it and be I'm like, boom, yeah, it's, exactly it's, the, the it's the same thing. If I took yeast out of Puff Puff, it's no longer Puff Puff, is it? <laughs> That's because that's what we're having. But, you know, it just really, really riles me up that white women would do that. Like, we didn't have the same experience. Yes, it might be similar, but racism therefore makes it different and therefore makes it even more exhausting. But they kept commenting. And then one other, what I really fucking hated, another one came to come and promote her services. And she was just like, I've got 30 years experience in such and such. Maybe you should get in contact with me and I can see how I can help. I don't know. Try to plug herself. Literally try to plug herself in that moment. Other oh people God. were like, oh, you need to write to this service and you need to do this and you need to do that. Did you not watch the video? I literally said that I've already contacted people. I've already said that I've done, this isn't my first time at this rodeo, unfortunately. And I know the people I need to contact to complain. I'm just letting you know of the experience. Oh, we shouldn't just be sharing uh, experiences online. You know, we should be taking action. I am taking action, you fucking prick. Listen to the words. Hence the email. So, yeah, I've, I, I, that whole experience made me go, you know what? I think that I'm done with social media. I know that I can't be fully, fully done straight away because I've actually got, like, um, you know, contracts to, to, to see out. But as much as I can, I'm just going to avoid being on there because it's made me realise just how much I really, really dislike people. Like, you can post post something and people just don't get it and then they'll still be dming you so i the dms that i did see of people sending me things like could you repost this especially the ones that don't follow me i've blocked 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 i'll keep blocking people if they don't respect my space but yeah it's just it's just really really wild it made me really see how i really can't stand white women not women who are white white women tm i get it i get it and even with this thing about social media, I always advise everyone, I say, look, everyone should be taking regular breaks, breaks from social media. I don't like to big myself up like I'm some perfect person. Yeah. But you will see a lot of the times, the last time I was tweeted will be about five days ago. Yeah. I take regular, reg- and they're, they're sporadic. They're not, it's not even like, okay, two weeks on, I can just take, I can come back for a day, take another three weeks off, come back for a week, take another month off, like just take a break, like literally and um, yeah, I just that's just basically what it is. I don't need to give you any advice, but you know. Yeah, I think because when your work that you do is linked well, yeah, to that, course, it makes it more it, it makes it more challenging. But I of just course. feel like I do I do I do really feel like I'm just done with it because I really just don't like people just interacting with me without using sense. And there's one tweet that I pinned by another white woman, by a white woman. And again, people running on they're like, Oh my god, you're, you're saying all of the things, this is it, this is the sense that we need everywhere. I'm like, can you not focus without worshipping whiteness all the time? Maybe I just feel like I'm probably in one of those um phases or moods that I get into every once in a while where I literally dislike everything. And so this just happened to be at the time, especially with um this week being the week that I did have um my miscarriage um you know it's just ugh. i just know that i feel very tender and raw and i can cuss people out at any time so i'm just trying to take myself out of situations that would allow that to happen because how am i writing um, how am i saying with my mouth this is my experience and then you've come into my comments to say yes 
Um, it, and they think that they're slick because they'll write something like, oh, it's really shitty that the doctor behaved in that way, but I did have a similar experience when... Rah, rah, rah. So you're trying to negate the racism part to talk mm-hmm. about, well, this is the thing that you want to talk about. You can't take... You can't extricate the um, racism part out of it. Everything is together to tell you about my unique experience. And that's why you, a lot of you don't know what you're talking about when you talk about intersectional feminism. You're liars and you're frauds because... You don't really understand intersectionality. You just want to make it as comfortable for yourself as possible and be like, we are all the same. We're not the same. My experience is very, very different to yours. And that's the whole reason that I had this podcast to let you know that my experience is different to yours. And if by now you don't know, then you just need to stay the hell off my page. But what's annoying is that the majority of people who listen to this podcast already know this. The people who don't know it are the ones that don't listen, but they follow me on on Instagram. I think in their head, they feel like by telling you oh i don't think it was a racist thing what happened it's supposed to make you feel better yeah yeah but that's it, weird. yeah but, but again which is even weird because you're invalidating the experience that i've just told you i've had i've told you i've given you the reason i didn't even need to but i've given you the reasons why i thought yeah this is this is about race and you still come to tell me no you don't think it was about race it's just incompetence because you've had a you similar know, experience yeah. based on that incompetence <laughs> no. it's just yeah i just yeah i so, think you, you, I feel like people are getting better in terms of replying, yeah, you know, insensitively, but still, there's just still a few things people are just not really getting all together. Like, I'm just like, guys, I knew I, I knew I felt some kind of way because another white woman commented and she was like, Oh, this is really sad that this experience happened to you, um, because it makes it difficult. So, when um, you are being given um, good advice, um, you don't know whether it's good or not. So then uh, that annoyed me because I was just like, the way that white women like to be passive aggressive, are you saying that in what I've relayed here, that somewhere in there, there was good advice and I'm just not seeing it? Or are you just talking generally? I don't like that constant interaction because it's a, it's like a minefield. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm. And the people f- think they're making you feel better, but it's really just making themselves... They're literally making really themselves feel, feel better. You just don't... Yeah, you just want to... The people who were making me feel better sent me vouchers for brownies on the, from from websites or sent me, like, nice candles oh, or yes, something thank else. you. Those things help, but just all of this... Um, oh, well, it, it could have been this or it could have been that. Just fuck off, because you don't know. Like, you lot just literally discovered racism last summer... And you still haven't been able to get your head around it. You discovered racism around last summer. You posted one square and you were fatigued for seven months. So you are not the one coming to tell me. Allyship fatigue. <laughs> I'll never forget allyship fatigue. Oh, my You're God. You're not the one that needs to come and tell me anything about what I'm experiencing because you don't even know yourself. But, yeah, it just really made me really dislike people. But I'm, I'm working through those through those emotions so even if i do post or do something i just really i think i've even turned off replies to my stories because i just i don't want reactions i don't want this just leave me alone i get it and i feel like you are even feeling a little bit more sensitive with the whole prince philip and it's his funeral (laughs) oh my god oh wow serious i thought you i thought you were down about (laughs) that okay well i just assumed you were feeling a bit touchy about that you know (laughs) 
that was funny to me. Like really? Quinn Fury would say, that was funny to me. Wow. I'm sure you were, you were tuned into the funeral yesterday. Me, that is one thing I did not tune into. I said, I have no business. First of all, it's really fucking weird watching somebody else's funeral. Like, what has that got to do with me? And everyone's like, oh, the queen is sitting by herself. Who should be sitting with her? Do you know how many people, like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make it out like it's a great thing, but do you know how many people had to bury loved ones okay. and were not able to give them proper funerals because of COVID? And it's the queen. It's when the queen loses someone now that we realize that oh, actually, funerals have to be done differently now. Oh. Really? Well, let me just tell you what. Look, I was gutted. I wasn't able to make the viewing yesterday. I was watching <laughs> Invincible. He says you keep this. This is Prince Philip. Or look, I'm not trying to get my passport seized. You can't be laughing like this. You know, I'm really. I'm. I look. My passport's up for renewal. Oh yeah, I'm so you really, want to take? <laughs> I'm really trying to get this thing renewed. That's why I'm. Look, I was ups, I was gutted. I wasn't able to make that viewing, and you know, but I did see some pictures. Yeah, um, everyone forcing what Kate wore down our necks. So like, oh, you know, she wore this necklace. Um, you should find out the the very interesting history of this necklace that Kate wore as a to pay homage to the Queen jewels that were stolen you want me to is that the is that the interesting history that that really it's not that interesting it's, i can i already know the history i don't there's nothing else that needs to be interesting to me thank you so much Oof. but i mean i you know she looked very sad and sitting by herself but also publicity teams work very well to know what angle they want to come at things with and the kind of image that they want put forward of course. and so this way that will stop anyone that dissents to the monarchy or anything like that being able to say anything because you've got to remember it's our frail old granny sitting by herself when her her partner of 70 something years is gone and megan keeps stressing her out oh but i'm, I'm glad that they let his the side chick come to, oh, sorry um <laughs> friend and a um, long-time companion they let her attend the <laughs> funeral as well that is do you know do you understand the level of bossery that that is when you you die you make sure that your side chicks invited like your top your top top side chick not not any side chick like your top top side chick gets to attend the funeral as well because you she also needs she's also grieving yeah uh, she's also grieving she she also needs to you know pay her respects and and stuff so I thought that that was cute. They should have let them sit together, but maybe not. <laughs> this um, is the wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that image got to all of you and I guess maybe I just have a heart of stone. They're even circulating that. an image of the queen crying and that was from years ago. That's not even from the funeral. That's really odd. That's really odd. And they said, um, one of the news headlines that I saw this morning said how Kate helped to warm up the brothers and stop the feuding so they can talk. I said, Kate did that. Kate that was losing her shit over flower girl dresses. Kate was not doing anything. She is by William's side. She is not trying to mediate anything. Very interesting, though, from the, the pictures that I did see. They're not... I think there was a bit of a, a talk about them having to, to 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 walk side by side. Yeah. And then you could see that they're not actually walking side by side, and they're not. There's no. I mean, well, there doesn't need to be any interaction. That. But they. But they said people. that they did have a chat. They did talk at some point. I'm sure they had a chat. William screaming down, screaming down the phone or whatever. <laughs> it was. But yeah, I think I, I really just I I don't see this funeral. I got I don't see it doing anything for their relations. I think that literally. Harry's probably back now. He's probably yeah, gone, back, home, go, yeah, yeah. gone home to go see Meghan. Like, I think that's that. Yeah, this was just like, okay, cool. Let's just do this for, for granddad. And then we'll yeah. sort this out. We'll sort everything out another time. I genuinely think that no, no one's, I think like they put a rule on, like no one talk about this. Let's just, yeah. we're here for Prince Philip. And then. 
and then they really try to give us like look at Kate serving looks. I don't. I, care. I haven't seen one look of Kate. I don't know. What I, you're talking Kate about. doesn't have it. She doesn't. That your girl does not have the range. Cares and nothing. I wish I cared more. That's really what I want to kind of communicate in this. Like I wish I genuinely cared more, but I don't. I I don't. I don't. Is as much as I can say. Like the queen can sit there by herself. She's also sitting on billions of pounds so she'll be fine she could use her 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 money to wipe her tears as far as i'm concerned got nothing to do with me she'll be fine they were together for 73 years i mean how much how much fucking do you want to be fucking (laughs) oh my god 73 years that's enough what's enough it's enough Look, he lived a great life. Ninety nine years of age, lived a great life. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I was. He enjoyed at the expense of some of your ancestors. So please, Ooh. let his time. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> let him go. Please we don't sweet. want the monarchy no, no more. more. <laughs> they, they were doing a, a, a um a survey actually, and loads of us apparently want um the monarchy to skip Prince Charles. And go straight to yeah because to Prince, 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 I, I think Charles wants that as well. He just wants to enjoy his life. I don't. I don't even think he I wants. Think he I think. I think he's the one that voted to be yeah, honest. You're right. You're right. I think he rigged the vote. He was just like, yeah, I too do not want, do this. want this. I don't just want give any it, part. Give it to William Shaw. He's balding anyway. But you know. <laughs> He can get a hair transplant. Lots of people are. Yes, uh, that, we were talking about that earlier. Them hair transplants are really coming through. People are really doing bitch. Jesus. Like, live your life. Flourish. And like, and I'm seeing some of these guys even put on um, lace fronts as well. That's, to me, that's a lot. But you know what? I don't want to be... I um, quite like the idea of it, though. Because it's like, you know, it's 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 removable. It, it, it makes you look good you can shave it down you can style it in yeah. different ways yeah. you know i think it's i think it's I think and it's, it's always good. it's always good to have one more insult i'd love to be able to say to a guy and your lace front is <laughs> your, lace <laughs> your lace front slipping i'd love to be able to say that to a guy when he's running his mouth i'd be like and your lace your lace front is wonky yeah okay get that get that together but no there is a growing trend in the men's cosmetics you know they've got the lace fronts now i don't know if you've heard about this brand called wall paint no. I think it's a very sh- stupid name. Like, we're always trying to make men feel comfortable for doing things. Yeah, that and giving them violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, again, violence as well, definitely. <laughs> War paint. It's basically concealer. Like, these men are wearing concealer now, so... Yeah, and the you know, live, live your life, but let's call it concealer. But then, you know, I think it was Jade, I-J-D-E, that was saying on, um, she's an astrologer, and she was saying on Twitter that we're going to see that women start to dress down more, or women, people who identify as women start to dress down um a lot more and then um you'll see that more um men start to kind of like do their nails and things like that and you see it with like is it uzi vert that went and got the pink stone in his face and things like that guys are just going to start showing up and showing showing off and showing out yep and then even with this whole the rise of the skincare regime i can't lie to you the skincare routine that caught me boy it yeah. caught me because like I, I do my skincare routine now and i look at my face and i'm like are you telling me once upon a time I used to just wash my face with soap and put cream on. That's, that's <laughs> no, it's shut. No, 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 no. Seriously, I literally look back on those days and I could throw up. Yeah, I literally just used to. And some days it would look. You, you're just literally just living on luck. Like some vibes. Days, some day, yeah, vibes. Some days, your some days your face will look okay, but yeah. it won't look the way it does with this skincare routine. Yeah, like that I've implemented twice a day now. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like I get why people want to look after themselves a lot more now. Yeah. Um, and the emphasis that we're placing on that for men, so it's 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 good as long as you know you know we, men don't start. Well, they've already 
talking about you know getting a lipo you know drake drake's already started us off with that with the lipo lots of men get lipo Kanye and i just wish well. that yeah i think i just wish that they'd be honest like lots of men are getting lipo <laughs> but they'll pretend that it was just jim you're a fucking liar the same way that i say that those girls are liars the ones that will go and do bum and um, bum lifts and bum implants and then they'll say oh goodbye my 30 day booty choning <laughs> well fuck you fuck you you fraud loads you, about they get the ab sculpting yes i'm like oh go everyone get your life shot but everyone get their life but me. i love a good gym session i, I love absolutely a good gym love a, a good gym session i've been five times already this week wow um, no i'm looking yeah. to i mean depending on how my leg feels I'm looking to just, you know, get back into things um, next week. Nothing on my legs. I'll just, you know, I'll be seated for most of the things. But I just want to do a young bench press. I just want to, ah, I can't wait. I just want to do things. I just want to. The feeling is unmatched. Them dumbs, though. That's what I miss. I just miss aching in that way and being like, yeah, I put in that work. But I'm ready. Like, I've already, like, and for me, before I go back to gym or anything like that, I make sure that I get my supplements, um, you know my nutrition on point before i transition back to to going gym so already like my, i'm having my morning smoothie that's getting all the um micronutrients that i need and stuff i'm having that so when i go back i'm going back with energy but i'm ready i i'm i don't think i want to get my arms big again i'm just going to do like lots of compound exercises and do light weights um for my arms get and strength stuff. back yeah so yeah and just keep it nice and cute nice and cute and um, keep it moving from there um but yeah let's get into the tarot because we literally have not um yeah so the cards this week i just said like to spirits just advise advise on motivation advice on just general things and the card that came out from the lisa stone modern which um tarot deck the first card that came out was the ace of pentacles in reverse um and then we've got the death card and then we've got the eight of cups and this is interesting because the energy that I get from this is not wanting to move on from things or thinking that you'll lose something by letting things die or letting things go. You have to understand that everything in life has a time. Everything has a season. There is a, a time to, you know, to plant the seeds and there's a time to eat the fruit. You don't do the um, both on the same day, right? So it's understanding that you're not losing anything like life hasn't stopped you're not being punished for anything because things aren't happening at the speed that you would like them to happen understand that there is a season for everything and anything being rushed to happen um before it's time won't serve you there won't be any sustenance there let things as triggering as the term sounds for a lot of people right now especially during this panoramic there are certain aspects of life that you have to let go of, that you have to let die. And I think that it's not so much necessarily like with career things as well. I think it's sometimes to do with um, ourselves, sometimes without realising it. And I feel like for me, there's a lot going on in my 12th house at the moment as well. And that's like the subconscious and things like that. Sometimes a part of you is is going is is leaving is dying. It served its purpose to help you get to the point where you are in your life now. And you start feeling grief or mourning out of nowhere and you don't know where it, where it's from. And you're just like, Rah, why do I, why do I feel so sad? You're just like, why do I feel so sad? But you, you need to understand that even you, every element of what makes you, you, things regenerate, things change all of the time. 
right? And it's to allow the grief to take place, is to allow that mourning of who you thought you were and who you and the kind of person that you've outgrown. You've got to let that part of you go to welcome in um an, another aspect of you. And it's embracing every aspect of you as well, because sometimes I think like we look back on things that we've done in the past and you're like, oh, cringe, that was so horrible. Why did I do that? Oh my God, oh my God. But you did the best that you could do at the time. You did the best with what you had at the time, right? And this is why you're here now. If you're listening to this, you're clearly on the journey of um, self-exploration. Um, so just be proud of the fact that you got here, no matter how brutal it was, you got yourself to this point where life just feels a little bit better even on the most down days it's still better than some of the best days that you you used to have back then like you're somewhere different and you're attracting different energies all of together um all together and just understand that you've you've done enough work on yourself now that you can you can explore the unknown you'll be okay like you'll be fine but just let yourself go into that and i think that that was kind of like what I was saying earlier about the kind of mood that I'm in, I'm in that mood where I know that something is leaving, something is shifting and it's quite hard to articulate it as to what that is within myself. But I know that I've come so far and I've been able to manifest so much for myself. Like I remember where I started years and years ago and, and, and how unhappy and alone I felt. And sometimes I still feel lonely but I know that I've come so far and I understand myself a lot better. So even if I'm moving on to another stage that feels scary because I feel like I'm exposed to um, much more, I know that the, the me that got me this far will will be able to handle those um, those challenges as well. And I was listening to that song by, I've forgotten the name of it, but it's a, it's a gospel song. I'm going to find it on my um, Spotify now. But the words that kept coming and I only wanted to listen to that song was... Um, one more day, mm, one more step. I'm preparing you for myself. And if you can't hear my voice, please understand. I am the Lord, I see you. And yes, I understand. I probably messed up the lyrics. But it basically says, um, just, no, it says, um, even if you can't hear me, please trust my plan. I am the Lord, I see you, and yes, I understand. And I think that that's important as well to just remember that it's just one more day, it's just one more step. You don't have to have all of the, everything sorted out. It's um, Smoky Norfolk, I understand, that's the song, Smoky Norfolk. Um, I love that song, and I just listen to it all of the time, I guess, when I'm in the mood like this, that all you have to do is take that one more step. Just don't worry about the the, the full picture. Just take the next best step and things will, things will find a way to fall into place. From the Wisdom of the Oracle deck, we've got number 46. Uh, 46 says regeneration. Interesting. Let's see what it says here. It says, second chances are available to you now. Whatever opportunities you thought were dead, Ace of Pentacles in reverse, are now revived in a more authentic, stronger form. Whatever you may have perceived as a failure or loss is now being replaced by something better and more powerful growing in its place. This rebirth is assured. Step into your new life. Destiny is being fulfilled in wondrous, wondrous ways. Can you keep up? Baby boy, make me lose my breath. Sorry, oh, wow. I can't see Destiny Fulfilled and not sing one young song from that oh, album. Wow. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, 
And um, the relationship message here says, the world is based on connections and relationships. No matter what loss has occurred in the past or even now, death and endings are only illusions. There is life after death, love after loss. Can you hear that, Elizabeth? And in this moment, you are raising... <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh you my are, God. <laughs> you are radiating the regenerative life force energy that makes you irresistible to love in all forms. Now is the time when you will see evidence of this new emergence. Can you feel it? Love is rising up to greet you. Venus is now in Taurus. So... um you make use of that, like make use of like knowing the love that you want, grounding, finding grounding in the love that you want and going for it. Um, prosperity message says, what happens when it appears you failed at something? Do you see the beauty in the lesson? The understanding that arises from difficulties, like a seed that lies dormant for a time, then once it germinates in your subconscious, it pushes through into your awareness. It is becoming apparent that there is a new you. Oh, drag me. A new start, a more powerful version um, and form of what you began to plant in the garden of your imagination has surfaced. You are ripe for success. New opportun um, opportunities, much better than those that came before, appear like gifts from the gods. Now is one of those times when out of seeming loss and failure comes remarkable abundance. Do not dwell on the past exactly because you really are experiencing a rebirth. And somebody, as somebody that has so many Scorpio placements and all of those Scorpio placements seem to want to reside in my eighth house, I can tell you um, that rebirth is something that I know well. Dying and re being reborn is something that I know so well. I was re literally sitting down the other day thinking about how many times I've regenerated into um, a new version of me. And understanding that there's no shame in any version prior to this because they're all facets of me, you know. And I feel like in our human form, we are merely like prisms for the light, God's light, for the, the, for the light of divinity. And how that light refracts um, into the kind of like reality that we see, it's just part of the experience. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think back on that and I just think, there was a point where I'd be like, oh, that wasn't me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But this year, especially with what happened with that Higgy Hagger at Woman's Hour and everything else has shown me that I'm one person that will always own every aspect of me and the things I've gotten right, the things I've gotten wrong, because I understand that the journey that I'm on is only to be the best expression of God's love that I can be in this life. And any motherfucker who's not on that path with me can go the fuck on. Right. So um, it goes on here. Protection message says endings come in many forms and now is the time to stop holding on to what must die so that something better can take its place. Nature's cycles include disease, decay, death and regeneration. Let whatever isn't working in your life die. Don't be afraid to face the fact there is no need to struggle or grieve. Whatever your query, let it go. You're about to be reborn. It's so, I know it's scary. I know it's scary. And from the spiritual seasoning for the soul oracle deck, we've got the card, you are already whole. It's important to remember that as well, that no matter what, no matter what's happening, that you feel like oh, things are being torn away from you and everything feels like it's crumbling and you don't know what to hold on to regarding yourself. Hold on to you. Hold on to that essence of you that no matter anything else that's changed externally and even the things that have changed in, um, internally there is a part of you that has never ever changed and that is that is your essence that is your god force that is your god self that 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 self doesn't change that self remains constant and that self knows and um, that, that self retains all of the power and knows that you can do this like you can make it through whatever the fuck 
is happening right now you can make it through this change because the more that you change the closer you come to that god self the closer you come to that very essence of yourself and you've just got to hold on um the t then i use the um zenju earthling manuel black angel card deck um you know that i used to use at the very beginning of the podcast i like to bring it back every once in a while and the card that came out today was the teacher bring it no sorry i was about to sing bring it to the owner dexter daps but there's wow. no there is no <laughs> there's no need for that right now teachers vibes cartel i'm really sorry anyway um it says here you are both learning and teaching life on the waking path ancestral wisdom on the sleeping path doubt so i'm just going to preface this by saying that i have a feeling that this is about to drag me within an inch of my life but let's go for it anyway it says here on the waking path the teacher brings wisdom from life experiences you trust the wisdom in your bones and impart this wisdom to all you hold the lessons in life as wisdom we can embrace no matter who we are your lessons or sermons evoke deep thought and a thirst for more knowing about the nature of this life you tell us stories by which we can learn who we are you connect us to our natural indigenous self that existed before our birth as a teacher, you encourage discovery. You urge us to go and look beyond what we see with our eyes. You can dispel confusion and make sense out of the puzzle of life. Your essence is to help us realise our own capacities to fly. You stay on your waking path by knowing that you must also remain a student in order to teach. I always fucking say this. Wow. Um, as an awake teacher, you are a mentor, a parent and a holder of wisdom. On the sleeping path, people may discover information in your teachings that can disrupt their lives. Your, art, your teachings can touch the core of a person's being, so your wisdom may be challenged. Avoid letting the challenges create insecurity. <sighs> avoid letting the challenge. Avoid letting the challenges create insecurities for you and keep you from valuing your ability to teach important lessons. Doubt can suppress your teaching nature and keep you on the sleeping path for far too long. For our survival, continue to share your wisdom. Hold your wisdom as sacred intelligence. Know that you have an innate sense of what wisdom should be shared. To receive a challenge to what you know is to receive an opportunity to affirm your wisdom. Let go of shame, embarrassment or doubt of knowing so that you um, of not of not knowing so that you are open to a higher potential of teaching as a teacher. Not knowing brings more wisdom. Remember, your horizons lie far beyond most people. Oh, well. Mm. Woo! Wow. Wow. When you stopped in the middle of that, I was like, yeah, they are dragging you. <laughs> wow. A lot of these times, a lot of the times it's just self-drags, isn't it? <laughs> it's literally a podcast of self-drags because what the fuck? I mean, thank you, spirit. But at the same time, can I catch a break? I feel like ultimately that message was, I mean, I'm sure it will resonate with many people, but that message was a lot. It's a lot for me because after I posted that um, video about my experience at the hospital, the only feel, feeling that I kept having was like, I'm done with all of this. Like I'm done like sharing what I know to be like innately true for some stupid motherfucker to come and say to me, oh, well, maybe this was... Shut up. Not that you can't share your experience, but at the same time, shut up. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> share your experience, but shut up. <laughs> because it's always in my space that you want to do that. It's always here. It's always here that you want to do that. Why? And, you know, so it just really... It, it really made me think, you know what? I'm done with social media. And um, 
I, I know that I've said that a few times before, but I really just genuinely feel like I don't want to do this. I don't, and I and I get that. Fe- it's not like that feeling's new to me. There is there are some points where I get to where I'm just like I don't want to do this anymore. I'm freaking tired. I just want to have a good life. I just want to enjoy the finer things in life. Wear a cute shoe, carry a cute bag. Why is it that I have to see certain things from a certain perspective, and I have this um, urge, this overwhelming desire to go and share? what i've discovered why why is that why can't i just catch a break but i know that um there's maturity and there is um a blessing in accepting the path that you're being called to that you that you are that you are to explore but saying that i've decided i have decided no i've decided that i will not make any piece of merch ever 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 again i think it's time to own my truth and understand that i i really hope that this is taken in the best way possible but i fucking hate making merch i hate making merchandise the reason being i love the things that i make but i don't like the process of making them because it requires too many other people to be involved and then it requires too many other people to have common sense other than me (laughs) so like whenever i make cards or anything like that or t-shirts or this and that there's always waiting and there's always waiting outside of the parameters of what I've set, you know? So I've always got to be patient, 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 patient and work on to everybody else's timescales. And while people might be like, but that's the nature of business. I can promise you that I don't like it. I don't like having to rely on other people for then them to kind of shift my time to my time scales regarding what they feel like. And then I've got to do that and still get the product out to people um, at the time that um, I promised it. And then after the products are now sent out, I've now got to deal with people who you don't remember the address that you've lived at for 59 years. Um, (laughs) Your parcel goes missing, even though it shows that it was delivered to your address. And now you're messaging me about, oh, well, no, no. I, I I was literally responding to a couple of people like, look, I don't have the capacity to be chasing people up and down for you. Instead, I'll just send you another deck because I'm not doing this right now. I'm not doing this. And I looked at that and I thought to myself, you know what? That's, that means that I'm done. I only ever want to put out something that I've prayed over and I've given all my love to and I let it go out in the world and and bring joy to other and to bring joy to other people. So that's me practicing the fact that I know that I no longer want to make merch. I don't even want to do collaborations with merch and other people. I just don't want to anymore. So after these cards, I think that there are like a few left because I, I made sure that I put enough there now. So once these lot are done, I just I honestly don't even say it as a joke to me. If you listen to this podcast, you'll probably see people who don't listen to the podcast who are on my Instagram like, oh my God, you said a word there. We need it as a t-shirt. Don't even say it as a joke to me anymore. I'm not don't go, oh we need this uh-huh. as merch. I don't ever <laughs> ever want to make merch again i am done because i'm done relying do you on mean, people do you mean you doing it yourself or just you releasing it because you know if you get someone to help you no I, no no because then i'm relying on somebody else's common sense i don't know if that person's going to have common sense and everyone always pretends that they've got common sense at the beginning <laughs> oh, only for them to always turn out, at the beginning yeah only for them <laughs> to turn out to be a fucking idiot by the end of it so i just feel like i'm so, i'm so mean and grumpy today but honestly i'm not I, I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart that I've put so much love into these um, affirmation cards. And once they find the homes that they, uh, for the people that they belong to, that is it. I never want to see merch again. I will not be releasing. I will not be collaborating. I don't want to do it anymore because I just don't like 
all the hassle that goes into waiting, 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 and then going back and forth with people and helping them sort out or something that they should have the sense to sort out themselves. So yeah, I'm glad that I can draw a line under that. Anyway, after saying all of that, let's um, big up this week's show sponsor before we moved into Share Your Magnificence. So big up, big up, big up, big up yourself, Skillshare. Skillshare are the sponsors of this week's podcast, um, the baby boys and the baby girls and the baby non-binaries at Skillshare. They want you to witness your own transformation as you turn small steps into giant leaps. They make it possible. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. The Skillshare um, community empowers you to accomplish real growth. Um, I've actually started doing rather well on my guitar playing um, at the moment. I can play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star now. So I'm sure you'll all be proud of me. So as well as having my um, in-person classes, I'm also using the Skillshare classes as well to, um, so I'm getting double the classes. So I'm loving it really. But um, yeah, they've also got like um, some other brilliant classes that you can check out. They're always changing things all the time. I know how so many of you love YouTube. So they've got a, a class called, a course called YouTube Success Script, Shoot and Edit with MKBHD. And that's taught by Marquis, is it Mark Marquis? Marquis Brownlee. So you can check that out if you're trying to be a YouTube star. Um, so yeah, there's just lots that you can do. So understand that practice makes progress, not practice makes perfect, practice makes progress. Advancing toward a goal is achi- that's achievable with short lessons and hands-on projects is really, really great for the self-esteem. There's nothing better than getting better. Accomplishing growth is extremely satisfying. So do something today that you wouldn't, that you couldn't do yesterday with classes designed for real life. And um, Skillshare is also incredibly affordable especially when you compare it to pricey in-person classes and workshops. So um, an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So go and get your life. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com forward slash straws. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws and get a free trial of premium membership. That's skillshare.com forward slash straws. Let's get on with Share Your Magnificence. So this week for Share Your Magnificent, I am interviewing the gorgeous Natalie Morris, who has um, her book out called Mixed Slash Other, Mixed Other, uh, exploring mixed race identity in Britain and, um, you know, sharing her personal experiences as well as having interviewed other mixed people of mixed heritage about their experiences too. And I just thought that it was important to kind of get that voice onto the show, especially since, you know, she's got this book out. To, sh- to, to talk about it in a way that sometimes I don't think is necessarily talked about. So I hope you enjoyed the interview and I'll catch you in a bit. Natalie, 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 congratulations. Congratulations on your the publishing of your book, Mixed Other. Thank you. Ew. I feel amazing. I'm like, everything feels very surreal. I can't quite believe I've got it over the line. It's been a, a very tough year for numerous reasons and... I just, you know, there were many points where I've doubted myself, doubted my ability, doubted whether I would get to this stage. So it feels absolutely just phenomenal to have it have it out in the world and to see people sharing it and starting to get in touch with their feedback and stuff. It's as a writer, this is what you live for. You want people to read your stuff and to start conversations. So I'm just buzzing that I get to do that. 
Yeah, because writing to how, how does it because you're writing you write for newspapers you you were at the metro yeah. and mm-hmm. you've got this great career and you've been writing but suddenly you're putting part of your heart obviously you're still using the kind of investigative um Mm. you know aspects of your career because you interviewed like what 50 different uh, mixed race people mixed heritage to contribute to this book in one way or another as you formed this story while sharing of your experiences with us as well but how does it feel like moving from the kind of like I'm writing for a newspaper and then Mm. writing for my life Oh, well, that's exactly it. It's like, it's the, this is the most vulnerable I've ever felt as a writer. And it, it's terrifying, to be quite honest with you. Like, I, as much as I'm excited about the launch and I'm, I'm so happy, there's this huge element of fear and vulnerability as well. And you are putting yourself out there. And, you know, like you say, it is, it is so different to, to my day job um, as a journalist, because my and my instinct when I write is to is to take myself out of it and that's always what I do and I'm like okay but who am I writing about what's this story who's this interview about it's never me and and that was one of the things when I first handed in my manuscript my um, editor was like we need more of your voice put more of you in and I was like oh uh do people want to hear about that okay I don't know how to do that so I've had to literally reframe how I write and like come up with a new way of doing it because I'm not used to um like even with this like doing interviews where people are asking me the questions I'm not used to that so I've had to reframe it and be like right people want to hear about you a little bit now so but yeah but it, like you say it's more it's it's about so much more than my story that is something I was really passionate about like that because my story isn't enough it's it's there's no singular story that can explain this um in the broad way that I wanted to so it was so important to me that I spoke to lots of people and the research I I spoke to 50 people over the course of a year about 20 of those interviews are actually in the book so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get a really broad range so it is me but not too much me in the book because I couldn't cope with it with it just being about me but it would be too much stress (laughs) if anything else (laughs) um so why why you know and you have it with journalism all the time it'll be like why now why this you know yeah yeah but for you why now why this obviously I I feel like I know but for people out there yeah I think like yeah it's not a case of now it's a case of this is we've been crying out for this conversation for a lot of these conversations for a long time this is something um I've not just just suddenly got an interest in this issue this is something this is my lived experience this is my life this is something that's always been with me um since I since I was old enough to like conceptualize it as a thing um Mm. but I think now it, it, it makes sense there are these conversations are finally happening in a better way than they ever have before. They're happening on much more mainstream platforms. And I think that can only be a good thing. The process of this book started quite a bit before um, the summer and Black Lives Matter and everything kicked off and, and everyone, all the allies started getting involved and all these reading lists were coming out. So it was it was before that. Um, so in a way it's kind of serendipitous that you know there is still that interest and there is that momentum and people want to have more of an interest in in stories about race and identity than than they have in the past and I think that's a good thing um but I think when when it comes to mixedness specifically this is a conversation that is so frequently 
oversimplified and flattened um, in mainstream spaces particularly and it becomes something that's so binary and reductive and you lose so much from the conversation when you Mm. when you look at it in those simplistic terms so I think this is a conversation that has been literally screaming out for more nuance and a more considered approach and a broader spectrum of voices Um, so this is what I wanted to bring to it I was so sick of seeing the same conversations about mixedness on social media and in these you know really simplistic articles I wanted to to provide like a kind of more in-depth tool for people to have the language to talk about this in a better way essentially yeah and that and that's what you that's definitely what you bring to it and like you say it's been long overdue and I feel I do feel like some have tried but again it's that yeah. simplistic way of kind of bringing it forward where um we're either only holding on solely to like this idea of the one drop rule and not you know we're not expanding beyond that and really looking uh-huh. at what does it mean to have proximity to whiteness because why love uh-huh. is that you're not just here going you know what I'm going to talk with because again like you say the, the false binary that's created when we talk about uh-huh. being mixed race usually what people are talking about is being mixed with white you know and oh, yeah. and, and I love that I read an you know upon reading the book I actually read a piece that you wrote recently where you talked about the fact that when we're talking about mixed identities we're we're usually talking about being mixed with white and then we're talking about that Uh, proximity to whiteness and uh so when you get that compliment and you're suddenly seeing um interracial couples um families shown in adverts and you'll see like mixed race um people being lauded on all these advertising campaigns it feels like progress but it's not Mm. could you expand on that for us absolutely I mean it's exactly that it's the kind of false progress it's this and it really shows up like the limitations of like representation politics almost it's like okay we'll put we'll put a brown face on this advert and and that's what you get but you just being the face of something isn't the same as having a voice for one and like you say it is that there's there's one kind of mixedness that is being lauded um, that is people who look like me, frankly, and look like Meghan Markle, that, the you know, the people who do have white heritage and frequently white and black heritage. That is what, if you say mixed race in the UK, that's what 99% of people are going to think you're talking about. But it's so much bigger than that. It's such a bigger conversation. And the, all these other people who are mixed with all these different heritages, and there are so many different combinations and variations you can have, those stories aren't being heard. They're not being included in that conversation. Um, so, and when you look at it in terms of progress and moving forward, what that really stems from is um, this kind of need to push forward a certain aesthetic. Um, mm. And that, again, comes down to, I, I guess, it's colorism, it's that palatability, it's that proximity to whiteness. And you have to fit a certain blueprint in order to be given access to those spaces. It's only a certain kind of mixed person who is on all these TV adverts, who is on Bridgerton, for example, who you see on the billboards for JD Sports and all of that. It's the kind of, and you have to have the lighter skin, you have to have the looser curls, you have to have the the facial features that are closer to those Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm. So how is that progress when really it's still so dependent on a hierarchy with whiteness at the top and the closer you are to whiteness the more acceptable and the you know the more pedestalized you are essentially um and and that isn't progress because it almost always comes at the cost of erasure of dark-skinned black women and monoracial minority people Mm -hmm. um and and that puts people who are mixed in a really tricky position as well because you're then almost in this position of wanting to accept these opportunities and, and wanting to be put forward for things uh, and and being aware of that privilege 
and your access to spaces is so important and I think very difficult to do for a lot of people. Mm. And so how do you kind of work through that tension? I mean, this is why I guess in one respect we have a mixed other, this is why we have the book, but like mm. in, the, in the day-to-day, um, how are you, how do you feel like you are um, navigating that, that tension, those conflicts for yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard. And it's a it's a journey. It's something yeah. that you you've got to constantly um, check yourself on and remind yourself about where you are and where you sit within this hierarchy that exists. And 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 to to acknowledge and understand the ways that you benefit from the system and the ways in which you don't benefit from the system. And I think it's really it can be really tricky reconciling those two things. And that's something that I've been really consciously trying to do and something that I've learned to really think about over the course of writing the book has been learning to kind of sit comfortably whilst holding those two things simultaneously within me that Mm. I do have privilege I because of my proximity to whiteness I have doors opened for me that darker skinned and monoracial minorities wouldn't have Mm -hmm. at the same time I experience racism as yes. as a and I'm racialized as non-white and and you know in, it depends on the context so often like it really depends where I am so in certain circles they don't care if I have a white parent they just see I'm not white to them I'm just other and you know mm. they and and you know there are certain people who don't really see the difference and they just they would just see me as a black woman um, and that would be how I was treated in that space and then in other spaces I have like bags of privilege and the tricky thing is that you don't you don't have a control over when you have the privilege and when you don't. So and that's why it's, and that's what's hard about this kind of privilege because when you don't have the power to wield it when you want to, it's not like I can walk into a room and be like, right, today I'm going to use my white privilege to, yeah. to get this, this and this. Yeah. Um, it, it's not in my hands. Uh, it's often dependent on how others see me and how they racialize me um, and how they decide to treat me based on that. So it's a very limited and like, like intangible kind of privilege that really is only ever going to benefit white people in the long term Um, but at the same time that doesn't mean that people with that privilege don't need to acknowledge it like you do and you have to use it wherever you can to be um, like vocalizing your support for for others and, and getting other people in the door and making more space for people and I think that's something that is like really important for me and yeah that's basically how I reconcile it on a day-to-day that acknowledgement um and trying to sit with it um and not fight back against it because I think that's where a lot of the kind of defensiveness and these awkward conversations come in when people don't want to admit that that privilege is there because you can't ignore it yeah and 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 I think that that's what a lot of people have seen and um you know I I was mentioning to a friend and I was just like I'm gonna read um this book and they were like oh again so we're having another book about this and I was just Mm -hmm. like actually actually this one's different because you know we're not it's it's the idea of flattening we aren't flattening the conversation and going well actually we're all the same regardless Mm. we're going no 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 there are differences and let me point out to you where those differences are but what do we do with it what do we do with it when when we see all of these things happening so I just think um you know I just have to say a massive congratulations and a well done to you for bringing this to the fore and bringing it um, forward in such an honest um such an honest way I think that it's necessary and it will do so much for people because we're seeing that there are um more people with mixed heritage now you know when we do Mm -hmm. the you know when we look at the population and things like that so 
there, there needs to be something that they can hold that they can read and be like this is my experience and you and you're and you're doing that so I feel like it's a big two slaps on your chest for doing that <laughs> but but having grown up in Manchester you grew up right yeah 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 yeah, Manchester, yeah. and then you moved to London so yeah. but and even then you noticed the difference um a difference yeah. in dynamic as to how you were received how was that yeah it's interesting I think it's 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 uh there's a, a lot more diversity um essentially in in London than there is in Manchester which is weird because Manchester's a very diverse city but London's like a different level mm. um so and, and I grew up in uh like South Manchester in the quite white suburbs essentially mm. so I didn't have the most I, I grew up in very white spaces to be honest like my school um was very white and my immediate friends were really diverse because I think we like gravitated towards each other like subconsciously <laughs> at 11 we were like okay we're gonna be we're gonna hang out um <laughs> But wider than that, there wasn't much diversity. And then when I, I moved to London in my early 20s, um, I've been here almost 10 years now, which is crazy. And um, I think since, yeah, moving here, joining the world of work, and I guess just the conversation changing over the over the last 10 years as well, um, mm. I think the conversation has has really changed. And it was something that I, I was a very stark thing in that when I was growing up, it wasn't like, it wasn't trendy or like attractive to be to be mixed like there wasn't this thing of oh I'm on social media and look at all these amazing hashtag. mixed models and <laughs> hashtag mixed babies and all of this like, that wasn't a thing like it yeah. just I, I, that was this is a new phenomenon in a sense mm. um so wh when I was growing up I didn't get the sense that this is the how I look was a way that anyone was trying to aspire to it, it that just wasn't the case um and there were lots of things about my appearance that I was you know I would try to hide or minimize and I, I wanted to look like the the friends around me I wanted to um look like my white friends I wanted to have straight hair yeah. um and that was something that I think was you know very much a product of my environment and coming to London changed that and mm. I started to see this diversity and um and that that really helped me kind of yeah come to terms with with who I am and and and, and you know my my race and my ethnicity um and and then it coincided with it with mixedness starting to become a trend and seeing these mixed models everywhere and and suddenly it was somehow now trendy to to look like me and I didn't really understand how or when that had happened um but yeah it was quite a stark thing that I that I definitely noticed and um yeah but I yeah I think there's a lot more variety in in London it does make it easier to to have these conversations and to mm. to be like comfortable in who you are um yeah. yeah it was the first time I kind of I moved to London I stopped getting my hair relaxed and I started having <laughs> my natural I went on my natural hair journey and it was cute I had like my little baby baby fur going on and <laughs> figured out I found all the black hair shops in Finsby Park and I was like yes this is this is amazing this is what I've needed um so yeah it's been a, it's been a good journey for me and yeah I, lo I love living in London I love I love Manchester too but um yeah. London is pretty much home for me at this point I love that and and I and I love that the idea of journeys and the fact that you know moving to London allowed you to come home to yourself because of like I guess the multi-ethnic nature of the, mm. the city um mm -hmm. and then and, and coming home to ourselves is, is a constant journey right so where do you feel like you're headed next because you've gifted the world with this book um where <laughs> are you moving through next because conversations don't stop like no you know, and we don't stop so oh yeah we don't stop we don't stop and I'm, I'm I'm my mind is very much like okay 
what's next what's next and I'm trying to give myself some time to enjoy this and to, yes. to be in the moment and to be present and to have this conversation because I want to keep having it like putting yes. a book out there is one thing I want to push it forward I want to make sure these conversations are um, continuing to improve and to be better and that we equip more people with the tools to talk about this wherever we can so I want to keep pushing it keep doing chats about the book getting over my own fears of talking about myself and talking about my <laughs> achievements because I <laughs> hate doing it um, but it's a good thing so um, I'm trying to really enjoy this moment and and really be present for it and then and then we shall see we we, we move and we see what see what the next conversation is I think I'm gonna have a little break from from writing about myself and um putting my own stuff it's it's uh it was a big thing to do there's a lot of personal stuff in there yes, and because yeah. there has to be there has to be and I yeah. think it's a really important part of the book but it's um that's taxing it's a taxing thing to do yes. and particularly in the culture we are where you know every time I, I'm, I log on to Twitter I'm like oh god like what's it gonna be today like <laughs> um <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild ride, it's yeah, a wild it's ride. it is it is absolutely wild so um I think I yeah I, I want to keep the conversation moving um and we'll just just see what else comes up this this it's constantly evolving and you know more and more people are interested in it so if we can just keep this momentum and keep having these conversations I think that's the most important thing definitely and and you touched on it there because you shared um you know very personal um, aspects of your life within the mm. book right mm -hmm. and we know what twitter we know what social media can be like with people coming in and and, and <laughs> what what kind of self-care practices have you put in place should you have to kind of deal with some some you know like because it's natural the critique and everything else yeah, yeah. sharing this thing moving this conversation forward and i think that knowing what you're doing also helps the people who are reading who will read the book who are reading the book to kind of know um that you're okay and that they'll be okay yeah. when they come you know to share their experiences yeah absolutely I think I'm I'm having to have a lot of discipline I'm like this week particularly I'm like right I've got a set time when I'm going to go on social media I've already planned out like the tweets or whatever I've got to send out to do the promo like that's yeah. all going to be structured um and I, yeah I've just been speaking to my friends I, I I had a piece out in the Guardian as part of the lead up yes, yes. and um that was kind of a bigger platform than I'd written on before yeah. and it like hit a much wider audience and there was loads and loads and loads of positives and it was great but there were also you know a lot of haters and a lot yes. of people who have opinions about it because this is you know it's contentious stuff if you write about race you're going to get strong opinions on both sides mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm ready for that in a way I've this is what I do in my day job I write about race um as a journalist all the time and I've developed a, a pretty thick skin because of it mm -hmm. um but it is a different experience when it's when it's something that has taken so much time and energy and there's so much more of me in it yeah. um so I'm having to just kind of yeah I think focus on the positives as much as possible my friend yes. suggested that I screenshot like positive uh messages that I get and like keep a little folder that I can look in because my brain automatically discounts all the good things and fixates on the negatives and the horrible yeah. messages that I get so trying to keep a little folder of good good things to remind myself when I'm feeling doubtful or stressed out um and I remind myself also one thing that a friend told me that I'm really like holding on to it's really getting me through mm -hmm. is that the point of like writing and putting art into the world isn't to get people to agree with you 
or to get people to like you or praise you. The point is to start conversations and that you've only failed as a writer if you don't get a reaction, if the reaction is silence. So, you know, if people are positive, if people are saying, this is, you know, I feel seen, um, this is my experience, thank you for putting this into words, obviously that's amazing. If people are saying, this has angered me, I'm triggered by this, I hate this, these are the reasons I disagree, obviously that's not the most pleasant experience for me, but yeah. there's a reaction there, a conversation is being started, and that is still a valid response, and what you, you know, that's what you want when you create work, so I'm trying to keep that in my head as well. Yeah, well, you know, from from, from me personally, I think that you've done a fantastic job I think that it's great that you I have put yourself out there in this way because that's you know that those are warrior teams like you're out there and you're sharing you're being <laughs> vulnerable with the world and you've been doing this you didn't just and I think that's important for people to know and I wanted it to come from your mouth because obviously I know already but it's important for people to know that you didn't just decide on Black Square Summer that this is now what I'm going to be talking about you've been yeah. out here and and, yeah. that's, and that's why I wanted to you know chat with you on the podcast to highlight the fact that there have been people that have been talking that didn't just feel inspired over the summer that they've been doing this work and you know you deserve you know you deserve to be seen you deserve to be celebrated and I know that your book will change many many people's lives and and affirm so many people so thank you Natalie for doing what thank you did. Thank you oh that's so kind <laughs> thank you oh you're me up I love it thank you so much <laughs> oh so that was my interview with Natalie. Um, really lovely, really, really lovely. And I just thought it was hilarious when she was just like, yeah, I'm usually the one that does the interviewing. So hearing you, you know, interviewing me and asking me these questions, woo, woo, woo. And I can promise you I've got, some, I've got a very, very exciting interview that's going to drop around May. Can't tell you who it is now, Ooh. but um, you go and love Beyonce. it. If if only Beyonce, if only Beyonce, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Th- those aren't the people. But thanks for now setting the expectation so high. So whenever the person's revealed, the people will be like, no. well, it's not Beyonce. It's not Beyonce. It's not Kelly. Fuck's sake. <laughs> but hint, hint. There's someone in their camp. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not even. That's not even true. That's, you're just. You're just lying. I'm just getting everyone excited. <laughs> imagine if Idris Elba came on knowing how but much even... I've said I don't like his accents that he does on shows <laughs> talking about accents I don't know if we mentioned this show um them you know the one on Amazon Prime I've, I'm still on episode one okay so you're still you basically haven't started it basically I'm struggling with it I'll be honest it is a bit it, I, I think it's interesting that you struggled with this but you loved um Lovecraft Country County don't don't compare the two I feel that that's a bit cheeky well really yeah, I think but that was a, a slow burner as well that was a slow yeah you know what I have to be honest maybe I'm just a bit kind of because I've, I've read things online before going to watch it it's so I'm expecting affected. it so I think it's affecting how I go into it definitely because do you know what just okay I, and I, I already said to you like look there is a particular episode I want to say episode five yeah um where I just think it's it's too much I think overall it's it, it was it's very ambitious what they were trying to achieve and in some aspects I do think they 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 get it right but I just think, I think overall they took it way, way too far. But anyways, talking about accents anyways. Bashi, mm-hmm. as some of us from the UK will know mm-hmm. as Bashi, also known as Ashley Thomas, I think. Mm-hmm. He's in it from the UK and he is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, they're, are, they, are they from the South? It's like... Yeah, they're yeah, from, from the South. Yeah, because of the migration. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's from the South. He, he does... 
he does an okay job, I'd like to say. But you know what? It's it's very inspiring to see him, like to to have seen this guy on Channel U, yeah, and then that we're seeing him now on the big screen. I thought he does. He for that reason alone, I think he deserves literally all the credit. Black boys, black boys. Uh, all about black. How, how does the lyrics go again? <laughs> I don't even remember black boys, him. black boys. All about black boys. What's in the, one day we're gonna be black men, and, and then, then we're gonna, we're gonna raise black, black boys because they're gonna be black, black men. men. Oh God. <laughs> Oh wow! I just put so many. I just embarrassed so many people there, and this is someone that said they watch Channel U. But anyways, um, yeah, I thought he. Did, I just thought he did the okay job. The star for me, yeah, Gracie. About little girl, the little oh. girl. You're just on episode one. Watch the way she acts. Her fucking socks. Even off. even just in episode one, I said you little miss. You're a little star. She you is are a star. Fantastic. I love that the main actor. Is Nigerian Deborah Yorinde? Yes, yes, Love she's that. gorgeous. She Fucking is very good. Sometimes I know this is going to sound mad, but sometimes I'm like, where did these go? Where did these people come from? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, where did they come from? You're when, actually stunning. Not right. that Nigerians aren't stunning, obviously. but you know, you yes, get what I mean. Yes. Just in terms of what was pushed out in front of us, yeah. like we, I, I, like I've never heard of Deborah Yorinde, but the first time I'm seeing her, not only is she stunning, but she's doing a great job on Fantastic the show. Fantastic job. I'm like, what? And it, it, I think it goes to this idea of like kind of the way they made us believe that there weren't enough black people around to put on TV. And now we're seeing so many of them. Like, But we're so, still not seeing me. So I well, just well, want yeah, that, that's the, that's to the main that. one, Sha. Yeah. We need to, we need to I remember, Thanks. we want to see my sis in a detective role. Yes. I'd like to see you in a detective role. I think you'd play a prostitute really well. Okay. Okay. Like okay. a, like a, well, I really wanted to be in the wire. I wanted to play like a stripper in the wire. I wanted to play, um, I just, I really enjoy. It. I think that I would really. I think maybe that's where my big break is going to come from. Playing like, a sex worker. Did you just tell your sister that she would play a prostitute really well? But this I would. Is, I would. No, but I she would. She would kill the role. I just, just based on chats. I'm just, I just yeah. want to clarify for people because again because like, of my Scorpio placements in my eighth <laughs> house. Somebody actually did a chart reading for me, and they said to me, "I'm surprised that you're not a sex worker based on your." Oh um, <laughs> no, that's not. Oh. That's not an insult. Oh no, um, yeah. <laughs> It's not an insult. No, but, it's not an insult. It's just. But but I understood what she wow. meant as soon as she said it. It's just I understood. the big ones to open up with. I'm surprised <laughs> you're not her sex. I mean, no. Do you know what it is? I think it's the language. The, it's you her being surprised that you're not like. Yeah, but if you looked at my wow. chart, if you genuinely, if you looked at my chart, you would understand why she said that. Like literally, how I make money, how I speak about everything is in that house of like sex and secrets and taboos. So she's just like. Oh, I'm surprised that you're not a sex worker. But I said, yeah, but I have um, a pole dance studio. So that's where it's kind of playing out for me and talking about sex and doing that. So she just knew that from what she could see in the chart, whoever this person is, they do a lot to talk. They talk about things sexually that people don't usually talk about. Fine. I like the way you've just broken that down. There. Yes. But yeah. You, so I, I think, I think yeah. that I'd be able to channel that energy into a role, into mm. a well-written, well-layered, mm. nuanced role mm. um, um, about a sex worker. I think that I would be sick. I think you would do a phenomenal job. Number one for me is detective. Second, like a prostitute, like oh, like someone on the street. Um, okay. And third, like an evil nanny. Do you know what? I an evil nanny? No, I've, I haven't been a superhero and I haven't been an assassin. Well, no, that's your person. I mean, my top okay, choice is I would like sorry. a detective. And do you know, or rather, I feel like I could have really, I don't know if I told you, I, I really could have seen you in this, or you're probably going to hate me for it, behind her eyes. 
okay the podcast is so done i'm, I'm done i'm not you you you're intent on insulting me today and i don't quite know why i'm so dead i don't know why i thought you could have done her justice you cast, you cast me about something earlier before you even started i'm like oh what is what is going what is going on why is this guy coming for me with such a vim today i thought you could have done her justice there's no one that could have done that role just well no um sorry let me just rephrase she's that she's good the um, the actress who played um the part i've forgotten her, her name but you were incredible she you was did really a fantastic good. job but i'm just talking about the character the character of itself where they they've cast a black woman but she got no black friends there's nothing to ground her in blackness nothing um, at all nothing at all it just felt very very weird and for the fact that her voice was then taken over by a white man Nah, it was it was uh, they didn't they didn't even consider all of these optics when they were doing what they were doing. So and that was such a I hated that the the boy was left by himself and then that was the end. Yeah, I, I left that series thinking I hope that boy I know it's not real but I was like I hope that boy's okay. That's literally why I, I left that was the worst part he for me. It's okay. <laughs> Cuz he's just been left to to the Oh no, nah, it was it was it was too much. So yeah, for you it's like um I would have liked to play is it seven seconds with pearl hope ashite oh my god why didn't i say that first F- fuck the behind her eyes sorry that was <laughs> that was no now that you've said the seven seconds because you know it's one of those shows that i like so much that i forgot about it yeah i don't know if that makes sense that was hard but now that you've mentioned it, i should have never mentioned behind her eyes that that is the show i would that have, was the i one. would do i think that pearl did incredible job but she could have done of, better oh wow no let's just be honest she could have done better she could have given like do you know what I, I think about the character that she was trying to convey and i'm like Hmm. It was. It's a very complicated character. It's a very flawed it, character. It, it, but she like didn't. She, it didn't translate. I felt like she was just making loads of like mistakes. I don't know. It does. It. I'm, I'm probably not articulating it well, but I felt like she could have really. She could have really pushed. That, um, pushed it a little bit more in terms of the role. I think what saves it ultimately is everybody else, like specifically Regina King. Regina King yeah. Who just kills the whole thing like literally kills the whole thing the show is very interesting in a way where it kind of does it where it's like yeah we know that pearl is the main character yeah but actually there's so many other characters that are more interesting or just as interesting yeah um so they do a good job at that but yeah no i would have said yeah that's my first choice now sorry okay so okay behind uh so not behind her eyes but seven seconds instead seven seconds and i feel like the world has been primed for my name to be on big screens because um susan kelechi watson is there so people already used to my name now like people aren't even like struggling to pronounce it and then we've got the footballer kelechi as well so yeah i think that my time is coming and i know that um um amara sante she wants to um she wants to do an origin story that's one of her ambitions she wants to do an origin story for a superhero like a a woman and i think that if she were to do storm that i should be storm Mm. that's why i'm putting that out there but i really i just want to be mama slay for for black panther she's a villain she's got blue hair and she wears uh, like cheetah print did we see her in the black panther no she hasn't been in it yet that's what i'm saying because she hasn't come through yet they should cast me as her she sounds older though well, I am older now, aren't I? But ma- I mean, Mama's. I mean, but seriously, how old is she? Like? She's not. No, she's not. Oh, old. Does it, oh okay. Because Mama Slade, you know that does sound a bit. Old. Yeah, but maybe they might change her name for this. But I, you know, like I loved in One Vision when um, Tiana Paris, her character, where you kind of they, that is brought in. I love. I love the fact that she's in it. Oh, that's her body. That's Mama Slade. Oh, definitely. I just definitely. Want to do that 
because she could rock up Black Panther and that's that's the energy I wanted definitely to go against the Dora Milaje wearing um this uh, cheetah print that's oh, all me definitely with a blue wig with a horn I'm ready definitely. I'm ready I hope they give Black, Black Panther too I hope they give the um, you know Dora Milaje I think I hope they give them more screen time because it, it was quite deceptive I think the way they put all of them on the poster you watched the movie some of these people only had literally 20 seconds worth yeah. of lines and yeah. you're like mm, okay and uh, i mean i know that they show up in the other places in the marvel universe for, but again for 10 seconds <laughs> yeah, no seriously <laughs> like just for 10 seconds even chadwick boseman even when he shows up in the other again 10 seconds, seconds yeah so yeah so uh, mama slay needs time so if you um work at any of these production companies it's time it's time stop wasting time and get me in and don't ask me to send a self-tape because I'm not self-taping anymore either. I'm not making any merch and I'm no longer doing self-tapes because I'm tired. So she just wants to be picked. She doesn't want to audition. She doesn't want to... Be, she, just, she just wants to... You know be, how delusional that makes me... No, 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 no. I think it's better that you clarify. You let people know I don't want to do any work towards my future. I want you. I want... No, it's good. It's, it's very white woman. Yeah. I want you to just give it to me based on just me existing yes. in this place. And that's fine. I think that's fair enough. No, it is fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it is. I just wanted to clarify for people that you don't want to do any work towards a role. That I just want you to give it to me and then I'll put in the work. Right. I'm ready. I know that I'm ready. I don't know why I need to now convince you. I know that I can do it. So just give me the part. Fine. But, um... Yeah, thinking about that, though, I want to say a massive thank you to all of you who sent me messages saying that um, you're praying for my G-Wagon. I've gotten like 20 messages in the last week of people saying that collects your G-Wagons around the corner. And I believe so, because there are certain people who could probably get me that G-Wagon very, very easily, but they're wasting time. So... They'll 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 realize one day and they'll stop wasting that time and they'll come through for you. Amen. I amen. Um. So then let's get into so you mad then. Oh, so you mad. So you mad. Pimlico Academy. So we spoke to we spoke about Pimlico Academy just the other day about the wonderful students who were speaking up and out against um the stupid very very racist rules about how they their hair could be worn and things like that and they were protesting it. We got an update um online recently saying that they i think it's of the who is he is he the chief or the ceo of the school this is what happens when you turn the ceo of this of a school but when you turn these places into academies and things like that that's usually what happens it's true because it comes it becomes a business doesn't it yeah and basically you're fucking with the person's business and they usually don't like people unionizing anyway and that's what they would see the children doing so they'll be like no we don't want any of that so they sent out a letter saying that um the uh, parents should be aware that oh, I don't even know how they phrase it that, that parents should be aware that anyone can get in trouble at any time and they can be expelled it says here dear parents and carers the school holidays always provide an opportunity to pause and reflect and never has this been more important than this Easter following what was regrettably and typically a disappointing last day of term I wanted to write to you personally Mr. Smith will be writing to you shortly to outline the arrangements for the start of the term, but we both thought it important that I write to you in in advance of this. In case you need reminding, Mr. Smith is the pussy clerk, head teacher, (laughs) who put in the racist um, hair rules in the first place about the children can't have afros and rare, rare, rare. And he got dealt with, um, but now he's clearly back with a vengeance. It says, thank you for the many letters you have sent to Mr. Smith, offering your support to him and all at Pimlico Academy. And I love that that was written there to show you the very, very anti-black way that these schools move. Yep. So that means that upon knowing that he was what he was doing was detrimental no, well, he to, was the pers- to, to, to the personhood of these students, he 
was still getting support yeah. and people were still wishing him well. So don't come and tell me about, oh, I should feel sad for Prince Philip when actually you're showing yourself very clearly here that you are happy when white men are inflicting violence on black people and you'll find any way to show them support. Um, it goes on to say... Um, over the past year, our staff have worked tirelessly to overcome the challenges presented by the pandemic and to ensure that students continue to receive a first rate education. As a trust, we are committed to ensuring that our students receive the highest possible quality of education. One of the most disheartening aspects of the last few weeks has been reading some of what has been said in the media and, and on social media. Speaking on behalf of the board and the academy's leadership team, we are passionately committed to serving our diverse and inclusive community in which our students feel respected and are safe. Our priority remains the provision of a safe, disciplined and scholarly environment in which your children can study, learn and flourish. Any repeat of the actions on the final day of term would jeopardise students' education. We all need to work together to ensure that this does not happen again and learn the lessons from it. We must particularly ensure that our students, your children, um, understand the consequences of any future disobedience, which will undoubtedly result in disciplinary action. Whilst I appreciate some feelings may still be running high, and these conversations may not be easy. I hope I can depend on you to discuss this with your children before the beginning of next term. We look forward to working in partnership with you and standing together as a strong academy community. Yours faithfully, Lord Nash, Chairman of Pimlico Academy Local Governing Board. You know what, Lord Nash, you showed your Nash, you little prick. <laughs> <laughs> you little dickheads about you, that, them, thinly, them thinly veiled threats there you can go suck your mother i know we're not even on tour of the week but you tried it you ashy bumhole prick you tried it what do you mean i can count on you because any disobedience like this will be met with disciplinary action you know the disciplinary action that's coming from you from all the archangels they're going to give you disciplinary action you watch you watch little complex imagine i imagine that feelings are running high it's not about feelings boo boo it's not about feelings it's about systemic and institutional it's about structural racism about the fact that the over policing of of black children's hair and black people's hair generally is a, a facet it's a manifestation of I'm white so supremacist patriarchy did you, did you really say lord nash you've shown your <laughs> hair you just won't let me move past i can't that. get them i can't get over it I was just so good. <laughs> what a dickhead. Imagine, and you're saying as parents, I'm sure that you'll get on board with me. I can't, you know what? This is, oh, oh. Oh, no. See, I had something to say, but no, you really ruined it for me. <laughs> no, that was quick as well. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Lord Nash, boy. No, but seriously, that's my chain of thought. Okay, no, the parents need to really... I think a lot of parents during this time, they're going to be like, oh, no, this is going on too long. Let's just dead it. Everyone go back to school, forget about this. But no, parents, no. Mm. Especially the... Um, what did they what did they call it? The 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 the, the third the second generation yeah. um, immigrants. Yeah, guys, no. You guys need to rally behind your children yeah. and make sure that something like this never happens again. Because you see... It's funny, right? I was watching this... Um, I don't know if you started it on Netflix Superstore. Of course, I've finished it. Well, up onto the most... I haven't got the new season yet, but yeah, I've watched all of it. Oh, wow, okay, so you must have enjoyed it. I actually... I got watching it yesterday. 
Do you, how incredible is it? Like, it's just so funny. How is it that funny? Like, how is it possible that it's that funny? I've forgotten the name of the guy that's the store manager before Thingy takes over. Glenn. Glenn. Glenn is perfect. It's the, it's the, the episode <laughs> I'm talking about, yeah. is when they try to unionize. Yes. <laughs> and then they brought in... They brought in the guy from corporate... <laughs> That was such a good episode. But let me tell you, that why I'm bringing up that episode is because it brings it to my point. Like, this is what happens, right? They try and bring some corporate response. Yeah. They try and, every, try and get everyone to recant and apologize. Yes. And it's like, no, you guys are missing the point. You yeah. guys are absolutely missing the point. And actually, I know Superstore is a comedy, but the way that they show... It's incredibly well it, written. It's very well written. But the way they show the, the the difference between corporate and retail, yes. you're like, yeah, no, I actually get it. So a lot of these corporate guys can be such dickheads yeah. and they don't get it. Never it been goes, on the shop floor. Never been on the shop floor. Never experienced the people. Never actually got anything But they've like got that. all the advice for you about how you should be giving perfect customers service and they've got a response for, for everything every- oh. oh my god it's actually terrible something it makes me feel guilty to ever work corporate sometimes I don't <laughs> think like, oh my god. but no yeah just re- re- relating that to the pimlico thing i feel like this is exactly what's happening here you know corporate guys coming in to smooth everything over lord nash came in lord, lord <laughs> no, nash came in <laughs> lord nash came in and said that you lot are fucking with my money don't stop stop immediately that's all he said he did i don't give a fuck stop it i don't give a egg i don't care that's it you're one of your feelings are running all over the place because we said your little nig nogs can't have their hair out but then go back to africa then <laughs> this is it done <laughs> take your little monkeys out of the school let's move on okay <laughs> <laughs> period but I'm, no, big up Pimlico. I, I feel like this is going to get worse. Not, yeah. Like not in a in a in a in a bad way, but in a good way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It needs to, things need to get worse before they get better. Sometimes. Yeah. And this is one of them situations. So yeah. Someone yeah. told me that um when this guy was even at school, this guy that's the head teacher, he used to yeah he used to drive a I think it was a Mini Cooper that had the Union Jack on the roof. So I was just like, of course, uh, that, sounds, uh, that sounds about right. Anybody that needs to show you the Union Jack everywhere, anybody that needs to show you a flag constantly, they're more likely to be a dickhead. Mm-hmm. More likely. I you always find that, that a lot of these people, they're, they're quite like bottom to top heavy. <laughs> I don't know if that... <laughs> <laughs> but you know that kind of figure I'm talking about. Yeah, you just never let people rest. That is that is your problem, that you just won't let people rest. But it's true. Like, ashy people do ashy things. Yeah, there you go. Um, and the next on So You Mad, um, I just want us, I wanted us to take a moment to um, talk about Richard Lawson, who is Beyonce's mum's um, new husband. Beyonce's stepdad. Okay. That's how you say it. But does Beyonce refer to him as a stepdad? Yes. Sometimes... Beyonce even calls him dad. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cheeky. Yes. Beyonce calls him... I'm saying it like... A... Yeah, Beyonce... Well, from, from when we last spoke, she said that, yeah. From when you last spoke? Okay. She, she okay. calls him so dad sometimes. But no, they have you a... can't rely on that information. No, but they have a good relationship. They have a really, really good relationship. Beyonce looks very much like a Bianca Lawson, though. His daughter. Do you think? Yeah. I don't, I don't think. Bianca Lawson is... Gorgeous. She is so beautiful. I've I've really dropped off on Queen Sugar, but I enjoyed her on Queen Sugar. Oh, I, I, I didn't. I've never watched an episode of Queen Sugar. Oh, you haven't. Is that I've the been... Lena Waite series? No, Ava DuVernay. Oh, okay. Are you, are you are you a big fan of Ava? 
Um, in, in yeah, different? I like her stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll give that a watch. I didn't. But all I know is that Bianca does not age. I I I really liked her in um. I don't know if you watched it. Pretty Little Liars. No. Oh, that was a really good show. She's gorgeous. Bad ending, but yeah, yeah, she is really gorgeous. But yeah, Richard Lawson. Sorry. Yeah. So Richard Lawson. Um, for Tina Knowles' um birthday, I think it was her birthday. Uh, how much did she turn? I don't know. But he said, um, "Dear Teen B," very interesting. 39 years ago, my sister Gwen introduced... Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, start that again. What, what, did, she, what did he start off? Dear Teen B. Oh, because her middle name is Beyonce. Beyonce. Is it? Yeah, it's Beyonce or something. Not Beyonce, Beyonce. Their names are very interesting. Yeah. Um, he says, 39 years ago, my sister Gwen introduced to... Um, introduced one, one... Okay, so one, one, one of the most beautiful women I had, I had ever met breathtaking three exclamation marks the thing that was so striking was that your beauty continued to be enhanced by your incredible heart compassion empathy generosity and philanthropy you were pregnant with beyonce at the time and married so my incredible (laughs) (laughs) so my incredible attraction for you then could only live in my fantasy as we remained friends throughout the years, I took great pleasure in observing you become the ultimate mother, especially for your own daughters, but also for the way you care and nurture w- woman all over the world. <laughs> Someone needs to teach this guy plurals. <laughs> um, it took 32 years for my attraction for you to come full circle. It was well worth the wait. You are a revolutionary, a visionary, an incredible artist, a fashion icon, a leader, a cultural beacon, a hot sexy. I need you to take that in. <laughs> a hot sexy. I'm going to re- just rewind. You are a revolutionary, <laughs> One, a visionary, two, an incredible artist, three, a fashion icon, four, a leader, five, a cultural beacon, six, a hot sexy. Wow. <laughs> that, came, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> And then he goes on to say, a hot, sexy, ratchet god warrior. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, but actually, do you know what's funny? Tina is ratchet. She said she's, she's, they've admitted it so many yeah. times. They, she said she's quite ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he calls her a hot, sexy, ratchet god warrior. I feel like that should be my new bio because I think that that sums me up perfectly. Hot, sexy, ratchet god warrior. In fact, I think that he was describing me there. <laughs> is that our episode that. name? Yeah. <laughs> hot, sexy, ratchet, ratchet god, god warrior. warrior. Yeah, that's it. Ratchet <laughs> god it. warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and only second to God, you are my wife. How highly favoured am I? I love that. I love that. And I feel like that's a message for so many of you out there. Just because um, your soulmate's married doesn't mean that you don't hold on. What, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, I always I always side-eye them friendships that grow into relationships. I'm like, Mm-mm, that makes me uncomfortable because just like he said, you were pregnant with Beyonce, you were married, all of these things. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. It's sweet though, it's nice. And look, they say, I don't know, well, you, you wouldn't know yet, but they say that, um, you know, love is different when you're like 50. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? The whole relationship thing, you know. But I just don't like how you said you don't know yet, but it's almost like you thought that I wouldn't know. Cause <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm no, close to 50. No, no, no. <laughs> No, I'm saying it as someone. Of course, you're, you're happily married. You're fine, right? But I'm just talking. But about, it's more so that you thought I was nearing fifty. That's my issue. But you come on, you know, fifty. You blink and you're fifty. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> come 
Come on. <laughs> you know it's not that far. I'm joking. No. It really it's isn't. very I'm far away. No, 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 no. no. This year. I'm 35 this year. So you, I'll be 50 in 15 years. Yeah, God, but come God on. Your, 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 your son will be uh, in uni. That's ages. Amen. He hasn't even, he's not been in primary school yet. So Amen. yes, it's ages away. But, yeah. but I would like to be however old um, Tina Knowles is and be a fat but I think Tina Knowles is about 64. A, a ratchet god warrior and a hot sexy. <laughs> A hot sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's just called her. Yeah, no, Tina she's Tina knows is what, about sixty-four. You know, love is love is different at that age. You know, you guys just I think it's one of them ones where it takes a lot to 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 accept that someone has spent a lot of time with someone. So my example my, my point is is that he has to be willing to accept that at the age they're at now. Yeah. They might not be ever be able to spend as much time together as she did with Matthew. As, as, as long as she was married yeah, to Matthew. But she not, but she, but, yeah, but the thing is, but she's known him all that time, though. Yeah, she's known him all that time, fair enough. But I think it's one of them ones where you just accept that, yeah, she had a husband for the X amount of years. They made Beyonce. Yeah. They made Beyonce together. Like, yeah. that's a totally different... You just kind of have to accept that you're second to that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you get what I mean? So I feel like that's what... Apparently, that's what they say about love at that age, that you're just more accepting of people's lives yeah but i think like he was even willing to accept it then like he was ready he said that like, <laughs> you were but you were pregnant and and with beyonce and he also made that clear as if like he knew beyonce's destiny so he was just like you were pregnant with beyonce so i wasn't gonna he didn't, get involved in that listen like he didn't go you were married he didn't start out with you were married he said no no, no you were pregnant with beyonce <laughs> so for that reason i understood that i needed to back the fuck up because you know if it was, I feel like if it was just a simple case of she was married, he would have. He would have just, he would have just been like, "Come through, come it's, through." You no, know, it is sweet, but then you realize a lot of these men they just like the light skinned women because even his his, his partner wife before, before, yeah, was, was, was light skin. But yeah, yeah, fine, no, it's true. You know, Tina and plus Tina Lawson is beautiful. So she, yeah, she's gorgeous. Fine, she is gorgeous. Fine, fine, fine. We'll give her that. I feel like Beyonce is really just gonna grow into her. Because they're already and that's a good sign. Like, yes, yeah, that's a good sign. To look like each other. Solange is going to look like her dad bad, but yeah, they're already. It's weird to think that Solange's son Jules is is like just a, a human being now. He, he was a human being then, but yeah, like a proper adult. yeah, a proper yeah. human being. Because I was listening to Destiny Fulfilled again. No, no, was which one was Soldier on Destiny Fulfilled? Exactly, and she that time she was rubbing her belly. Yes, that was two thousand four. Wow. Yeah, because I started uni 2005. So we were listening to that at Brit school. I got a soldier. <laughs> oh, wow. That's when Lil Wayne was really on this thing. And, he then, was, he felt, and oh, then he felt going off. out sad. Oh. So truly. But it's just weird to think that Jules is like, he's a, he's, he's a big man. Yeah, close to being 20. He's doing whatever he's doing. He's, he got into a bit of trouble. Won't get into that now, but he got into a bit of trouble last year mm. with, the, with lawyers and the media. I don't know if you heard about it. No. Um, this actor, uh, not uh, this actress, sorry. Well, it doesn't matter, right? Actor, actress. Mm-hmm. Sky Jackson, she's a child actor. Yeah. Um, They were dating, some screenshots were released. Isn't that the one that he was, were they fighting over bad him and Bad Baby? That was after. So, well, she was fighting, but I don't know why I know some of this <laughs> stuff, but she was, she was in directing. They were all, you know, these little, these little kids, they're all yeah. fighting over each other. But, but Sky yeah. Jackson basically tried to play little um, Miss Goody Two Shoes and Bad Baby was like, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you see, that's the thing. A lot of people report that about Sky Jackson yeah. and I, it feels weird talking about someone that was much younger than me. But yeah. yeah, a lot of people do report that, that she does the Goody Two Shoes angel face, but apparently she's very different. <laughs> yes, yeah. And we heard that about a lot of people, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. As long as, as long as people are putting their best self, 
their selves forward. Yeah. Then the spine. But you can, I don't you want it to be too your... far removed from your Ooh, private but, self because that's scary. That's very scary. It is scary, but yeah, there's loads of people like that that are very, very far removed from their private selves. But yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that, yeah. And that's why you're so constantly like, nope, don't want you to be friends with that person. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because I can see through them. Um, but I just love this, you know. I love this um, this post by Richard Lawson because, you know, it's very much wait your turn energy. And I think that that's wonderful. I just think that don't let your husband or wife get in the way of you finding your soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> fine. Do you know what it is? Fine. But I always feel like with these stories... As, as endearing as they are, I would not want to be that person on the periphery. Like, I would not want to be the Matthew Knowles. I wouldn't want to be the ex to Richard Lawson because then it kind of makes you feel like, okay, so like with the ex to Richard Lawson, like she's had these kids for you and everything only for you to turn around and say that Tina, Tina Knowles was the love the one, of your that life. I, that, that you said that I was, the, I was the next best light skin. Like, yeah, that, it just feels, I don't know. Some people have a way of. The layaway light skin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Imagine being the layaway light skin. Like, <laughs> Some people have a way of healing and kind of getting through it, but I would have a hard time getting my head around the fact that whilst you were with me for 20-something years, in the back of your mind, you were thinking about another pumps. That's crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy to me, but fine. Hey Mixed ho. with Beyonce, that's brazy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is, it is wild. I don't think Matthew Knowles would care because the whole point, we ended up, the, the reason that this was an open goal was because he fucked up in the first place. So yeah, he's a big time narcissist. Yeah. So there big you go. Narc. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I love that for you, Richard Lawson. I love that in the end, love came round for you. Just live long enough and you'll see what happens guys. You know? Yes, love wins. Yes. Um, so, yeah, then next, for or the last one for So You Mad, which I thought was hilarious, was DJ Mustard. Oh, what's this one? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is um, DJ Mustard's personal shopper yes. stole over $50,000. Yes. She spent it on bags and shoes. I only want to read this out. He, 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 put, it, he put this post out. He goes... Attention to all my people. <laughs> Attention to all my people who know me. I want to bring something to everyone's attention. At Carissa C. Walker is a thief and a liar. She is. I'm going to just read this out how he's spelling it. Or she is not my stylist. She. <laughs> she was. A, she. She was a personal shopper for me and Chanel Dijon. We let her use the stylist word so she could get business. But the truth is she did nothing but shop. Today I found out that she ran my credit cards up over 50K buying stuff for herself. Five exclamation marks. <laughs> Purses, shoes, no, no comma by the way. Purses, shoes, shades and other stuff. I'm hot. And I'm only writing this so nobody else deals with her. She's bad for business. Business. <laughs> I have all the receipts to prove everything. I paid her more than she was worth because I don't play with taking care of people that do their jobs. This is fucking crazy and just wrong. I want to read out the screenshot <laughs> as well. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then he sent her a receipt. <laughs> he said he sent her the receipt. She says, "Can we hop on the car?" No, that's what you need to pause. <laughs> 
a receipt of where you've been stealing from me. <laughs> Can we hop in the car? Why do you want to hop on the call, babe? You should have sent a Zoom link. Fucking hell. Why do you want to hop on the call? He goes, a call? <laughs> and then he go, and then she goes, because no one else is involved. It's just me, my wrongdoings. He goes, you really ran up my card? You really crazy? She goes, so sorry. <laughs> sorry for screaming, guys. So sorry. She goes, so sorry, without the O. So she goes, so, and then S. R-R-Y, and then she gives us an emoji with a hand on her face. She goes, truly, I'm so sorry. Should have never got to this point. My temptation ran to greed. I am so sorry. And then he goes, at Carissa C. Walker, it's, it's more I just wanted to show y'all what her reply was when she got caught. When she got caught up. That was just one receipt. <laughs> <laughs> that was just one receipt. I said 50K, but we still waiting on more receipts. She ran up 15K in LV alone on herself. Wow. Yo, let me tell you something. Yeah. Did you see the photo shoot that she did where she wore those knee pads? No. With the smiley me, me. face. It's the next one down. You're joking. So this is what she was spending the money on. Oh, be pretty girl. Very pretty. Do you see her in the shorts uh, and yeah. then and the two smiley face knee pads? But do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm not mad. Let me tell you why I'm not mad, yeah. Because a lot of the times these things happen and you go on the person's pages and they are not giving you anything. anything They're yeah. not giving you this girl's giving us fit, so money well spent. With the smiley face knee pads. I like the I like that look. Okay. Maybe she's I don't know, maybe with those heels, those evening heels and the smiley face knee pads. And then, then with the with the corset shorts, with the lace up shorts. Yeah, fine. Fine, because you know what? When this when, is why people, American girls, you need to go and get her. Don't listen to what Sadiq is saying. Go and get her. Because this is why people like to say American girls can't dress because up until the knees, this outfit makes sense. Whatever the fuck is happening up from her knees down to the floor doesn't. I'm, I'm not mad at it. When, you, when, you're, when you're stealing money like that, you need to show up and show out. You need to do things that don't even make sense so people know that you are not a regular person. She, my girl, showed up and showed out. She was wearing things that she would never <laughs> even dream of wearing. Like, as funny as I find the situation, yeah, what what is sad about it, though, is that they had a personal relationship. Yes. They had a personal... You, you knew... You know me. Do you get what I mean? And I think the problem is, is that when you're working with rich people, it's very easy to feel like their money just comes and goes without, you know without any sort of But you didn't or, think that they were going to miss 50k. You didn't think that they were going to miss. But no but yeah, okay, let's let's start being honest with ourselves now. It wasn't someone didn't somebody else complain about 500k or was it or was it 1 million? 50k is easy to miss. Like sis, it's actually if you're looking at if you're looking at some of these people that take care of loads of people, yeah. the rappers, they're doing all the cars, 50k is easy to miss. Hmm. I think where she where she fucked she fucked herself over by doing it one time. Yeah. Like, well, where he's clocked one receipt and then he's gone and now investigated other receipts. I feel like she's definitely ran up way more than fifty k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way yeah. more than fifty k. If you're yeah. thinking about if you're if you're actually thinking about how some how much some of these items cost, like a Chanel bag. Yeah. It's five k only. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? It won't it won't take her long to run up fifty k. She ran up more than fifty k, and it's she's disloyal. She abused the trust. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in. If I just want to beat her up. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's the knee pads for you. It's the knee pads that's really pissing me off. Because if I'm going to steal 50k from someone to buy myself things, I would not buy myself a smiley um, knee pads with yellow smiley faces on the knees. All and then the wear girls them, are going to be wearing those knee pads. And then now. wear it with evening heels. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> that's what's really offensive about it. I think that that's really what's fucking cheeky about it. It's shocking to you because you don't visit America enough. Honestly, I don't go I've to LA seen... because she's tagged this as Beverly Hills, California. That's where she's wearing this outfit. I have seen 
everything. Light-skinned girls seen... get away with so much. Oh, God. Continually. And I want to see how this plays out. Is he going to Is he going to sue her? She's not going to be able to pay the money back. And No, she can pay that money back. I'm sorry. Depop or whatever the fuck you call them websites, them apps. She won't. Go, she and, won't, put she all won't. That, go and put the handbags. Go and put the shoes. Everything. Go and put everything on there. Everything. Go and put your lace front. Everything. Your eyelashes. Stupid girl. She even says, I'm so sorry. Instead of you to block him. Instead of you to... <laughs> Normal and Nigerian person, they would have blocked you, and then you'll be you'll you'll be chasing them down. They'll they'll be gaslighting. Nobody's you saying, nobody's above fucking blocking. Nobody's Anybody above... can be fucking blocked at any fu- blocking fucking time. <laughs> any blocking fucking time. <laughs> yes, smart is a smart person would have blocked them. Then you would have um, blocked, avoided them, and then maybe also made some counter lies. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know what they're. I'd be like, I don't about. know what you're talking about. The most stupid girl said, "Can we hop on the call?" I'm so sorry. It's the you can need to we go hop to on jail. the call? You don't have you the energy. You need to go to jail in that Versace. You need to go to jail in all the designer that you decided to buy. It's it's actually it's sad. And do you know what's more sad about it is that he was paying her six thousand a month to be a shopper to be the shopper and that wasn't even enough for you couldn't save your own money to go and do what you need to do it's the emoji it's the way she put that emoji first it's can we hop on the call and she put the emoji with the hand over the face um and i just thought to myself you're acting as if you forgot to drop off the um the banana pudding that was ordered with the chicken wings like, oh, to oh, take so, the so, chicken out the freezer. right like you're <laughs> acting like it was just not that you just spent 50k that was not your own money lord please Make it so me too. I have fifty k that I can miss. <laughs> but no, the law. In fact, my own law. Don't make don't make my own like that, please. I would. There's no way, look. I'm telling you that it's easy for them to miss fifty k. But with me, <laughs> I won't miss you. Ah. I am not missing. Uh, the most I can miss is maybe five hundred. But you are not getting one thousand. You are not getting a thousand out of me that I don't know about. Hell. No. The way that I'm, I have trust issues as it is in terms of even hiring staff. I would not miss fifty p. I would not miss it. Like I mean, I, 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 I mean, I would see everything. You try me. You try me. Imagine a whole fifty k. I don't trust anybody that much. I'm sorry. Nah, she took more than fifty k. Especially because you've got my bank card. That's the thing. You've got my credit card. So there's no how that I'm going to be relaxed about that. I'm watching everything that you're doing. Oh, grade is actually such a, a terrible thing. Like, seriously, let's let's actually deep what 6K is mm-hmm. a month. 6K a month is beautiful. It's actually it's actually such an ideal amount. All right, cool, your rent is covered. Yeah. You can even afford... Look, she could have told us that she's on 6K a month without this whole stealing thing, and I would have, I'd have assumed that she was able to afford everything on her Instagram. Yeah. 6K a month, you can afford designer. You can and afford... And let's be honest, as a light-skinned pretty girl, you're not going to be spending your own money. <sighs> so actually, Thank your 6K you. is still going to be there. You're not actually going to spend your own money. You only need to buy yourself enough so the guys that you want to attract are attracted to you right. because it looks like you've already got the things and then they buy you more of the things exactly. that you've already got you're living, in the, you're, you're living in America too but you know what's so funny about what you're saying is that actually I'm forgetting that she's still the 50k on top of, of this yes so yes guys are still definitely looking after her yes she's still getting her 6k a month and then on top of that well lock her up that you lock her up take lock her, her up the, way, the, way, the greed is beyond comprehension I'm sure the way DJ Mustard did he's probably gonna be like oh no I, I, I ain't gonna snitch or probably not going to want to do it want to it's probably not going to want to involve the law yeah but if he's smart he really will involve the law put her on a payment plan she'll be she'll be paying you that 50k back for yeah. 25 years yeah it's necessary something needs to be done because this one um no nah, it's i just couldn't imagine stealing from someone i know yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Like stealing, yes, but from someone I know. It's 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 wild. But people tend to steal from people that they know because that's where they have more access. It's just crazy to me. 50k. She's definitely stolen more than that. She's stolen way more than that. She and it's in arrested. the little purchases. She was like, oh, it's, it's on nobody else but me. Of course it's on you. you could but even say- her saying that, sorry, even her saying that, I feel like now it's like, there's other people involved. Because she's she was got bringing, staff. Yeah, she was bringing other yeah. people in, but she yeah. just she now at the point she's been caught, she just wants to take the rap for herself. Yeah. Why yeah. are you so quick to let us let me know? That? I didn't ask you if anyone else was involved. Yeah. Why are you so quick to let me know that? Because you want to protect other people. Oh, so maybe someone else has said to you if you mention my name, the you're, slap that you're, I'll, I'll deal with you. You and I'll slap you with them smiley face <laughs> knee pads that you're wearing. And this is the thing, <laughs> you, I, you, the fact that she could even think to call herself a stylist when she's wearing smiley face knee pads is beyond me. It's really beyond me. That's why he clarified. He was like, she was a shopper. She yeah, was not a, a stylist. Not, not a stylist. <laughs> but you see, a lot of them do that. I was telling themselves, stylist, stylist, stylist. Like, you've literally just worn what you've seen on the runway yes. with a few variations. And that is it. You're just very much... And I like the people that are honest with themselves and do call themselves shoppers. They're like, no, no, no. I'm not going to style you. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to get you the most expensive and the latest season items. And that is it. That's Jason your, that's Bolden's your style a stylist. Jason Bolden's a true stylist. Yes. Really good stylist. Um, who, If we want to talk about stylists, we want to talk about people like... um, Oh, my God. There's that How woman as name? well. Who, what woman? That styles... That, oh, I've forgotten her name. But she she's incredible. I've forgotten her name. Though. Is, Black did she woman. style Lil' Kim? No, that's I don't think she would. No, no, Lil Kim was Lil Kim was a fashion icon. I'm I'm thinking about the guy that stars Cardi B. I don't know why why, why his name's yeah Colin, Colin Carter. That's his name. Yeah, well, Colin Carter. He's a stylist. Met Gala. He had her doing bits. He's had her doing bits for three years now yeah. straight. He yeah. Cardi B hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, those people are real stylists. Yeah, and, and I tell you that they're real stylists actually because. They, they they know that the designers know them by name. Yes. You know, the people that work with the, the, the fashion houses, they know all of them. They've got they've got direct contact. Not these people who who just know the the, the, the store manager of the <laughs> Like that's not that's no connections, honey. Like that's not connections. But also I think that they're true stylists because you can see that they focus on the personality of the person yes, that they're styling. Like the way go. that Jason styles Cynthia Erivo is very different to the way that he styles Shiara Shahidi. Or Zendaya. Or Zendaya because he takes into account who they are right. and what will work for their body and what they'll feel comfortable in and things like that and it really really shows and they're very very fun pieces that he puts them in i love that i can't wait to have enough money so i can refer to things as pieces because <laughs> you have to give them back <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 that i think that, that's the only it's not really a downside but a lot of the time you wear you wear a big staple piece it's like well you're not going to wear it again it was such a big staple piece so yeah just give it back yeah i mean yeah or you can have a museum in your home and keep them there Mm, there is that for one of their because I wouldn't I imagine like Jennifer Lopez where she wore that green Versace dress mm. do you wear something like that and then that's it no you have to keep that because you change the game when you put that outfit on yeah no to be fair but she she didn't keep that though I don't think she did someone else wore it didn't they exactly and that's my point and that would piss me off don't wear what I've worn don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that that's really rude like Liz Hurley when she wore that black I think, what was it was it a Jean-Paul Gaultier dress and they had the pins on the side that was a classic I would wear that today if somebody's remaking that drop it to me as a mini skirt or a dress and I'm and I'm wearing it thanks so much it's Mugler that the girls are loving now aren't they I don't know any what Thierry Mugler yeah I just know them from perfume I didn't know that they were doing other bits Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because mummy's obsessed with that perfume. Yeah, and she also ruined um, the way we, we actually pronounced um, Thierry Mugler. 
Terry Mukla. You say Mugla. Mugla. You say Mugla. Terry Mukla, yeah. Pamira. 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 Oh my god. And you realize you realize how you pronounce these words. You're like, oh my god. Some place names I pronounce like I can only pronounce in a very Nigerian name now. Like when I think about it, I only hear Nigerian pronunciations for them. So (laughs) wild. Um, Anyway, let's go to straw of the week then and wrap this up. Let's start with the letter. Let's get the letter out of the way and then we'll go into the letter. Um, Hi, Kalechi. I'm nominating all counselling and psychotherapy training schools for straw of the week. I'm black British and currently training to become a counsellor and psychotherapist. The training has been wild to say the least. Last year, we had a training day called Talking About Race, where we were shown the video clip of George Floyd being murdered. There was no trigger warning before the video was shown to us. Nothing. I can't even remember the context. When myself and another black classmate left for the day because of the trauma caused, the tutor lashed out and said that we were ruining the day for everyone and then proceeded to continue to say that, uh, say to the rest of the class um, after we had left. Um, The narrative amongst tutors also became that we chose to leave as opposed to being forced to leave. We had an exercise class. um, We had an ex we had an exercise about class last term where we were put in pairs and asked to judge each other and share our assumptions on what social class our partner was from. Kalechi, I was put in a pair with a white woman who had to tell me whether she thought I was middle class or working class. Uh We both refused to do the exercise, but I was the one that the tutor zoned in on to persecute. And now we come to the best of it all. They just add on papers to the reading list to make a show of being all in the know when it comes to difference and diversity. This weekend, I just read a paper written by a racist psychotherapy using the N-word. I won't go into the context because in what fucking context is it okay for a white man to be using the N-word? In an email sent out to the class, to the class, our tutor mentioned that we would be discussing this paper on Tuesday. So either she's read it and is not bothered by the word being used, or she hasn't fucking read it. In which case, in, in which um, read it, which I think is the case. I'm part of a network of black trainee counselors and psychotherapists, and this shit is happening on a daily basis. Institutions thrive on our trauma. They don't care about our well-being. Thankfully, my white classmates have become strong allies, but this is thanks to the learning they have done outside of the training as well as from the speaking up myself and other black students do. As black students, we spend a fortune on extra resources because we don't get the learning we need or pay for in the courses we're on. Complaints become processing sessions, a.k.a. trauma porn shows, where tutors ask us to retell our trauma over and over and over again as they pretend they're trying to get it. At the moment, there are more days when I'm crying and ready to quit rather than getting on with the learning. These places rarely enroll black students, and when they do... We're tortured so much by tutors that most of us end up quitting. The field needs more black therapists, but training institutions are deliberately hindering us from qualifying. And we have nowhere to turn because the bodies um, who the institutions answer to are all white. It's wild. I'm sorry that that's happening. I'm so, so sorry that you're having to deal with the fuckery. That is yet another racist institution in this racist country. I'm so, so sorry. Yes. Because we know that psychotherapy and um, counselling and therapy as a whole is is something that was constructed for white men. 
it was white men diagnosing each other and then it stretched out to then diagnosing white women but using misogyny to do that which is why we have terms like hysterical and things like that basically based on um how they would say that a woman showing too much emotion or whatever um was because she had a uterus um, uterus and so they'd perform a hysterectomy to remove it in hoping that that would calm her down so wow. you just go to know like how deeply enmeshed within um sciences and medicine and psychotherapy and all of that how um, deeply enmeshed and misogyny is in all of that and then when you now add racism there you we we inadvertently come out with misogynoir which is why i was telling you lot earlier that my experience although it might look similar to yours is very very different because i have racism sprinkled on top right and so when i read this letter i just feel for you because all the time, you know, we look at Black Minds Matter, which is a brilliant organisation. Big up yourself, Agnes. It's a brilliant organisation trying to make sure that black, more black people have access to mental health care. But if we do not have black therapists who are in these spaces or enough of them, then you're still having to deal with the same very, very clueless white people. And I know that a lot of, um, uh, quite a few white people are t- doing taking the onus to go and educate themselves, but it would just help if there were more people with the lived experiences who are in these counselling roles. Meanwhile, they're being pushed out of um, qualifying because every day they're subjected to more trauma. Why does anybody need to watch George Floyd being killed? Why does anybody need to watch it? Why? I was doing something recently and I was trying to explain to the group why I don't... One of the things that I didn't like about something was that it showed um, George Floyd, the entirety of George Floyd being killed. And they were like, yes, but we need that for context. And it was a room of white people. They were like, we need that for context. No, you don't fucking need it for context because what context do you need it for when you were going, like your ancestors were going to lynchings. They were having picnics under trees where black people were literally hanging from and they were burnt. They would do that on the weekend. Like that was that was great. That was something that people did. So you don't actually need it because it's not going to do anything for you. It's, it's, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to raise your awareness, nothing, because you don't actually care. And part of you enjoys seeing black people in that way, in a way that you would never want to see white people. Yep, which is why it's so easy for them to say we're using it for, con- for context. <coughs> because if you were actually... <coughs> Sorry, guys. If you're actually feeling the emotions from that video, you wouldn't even be able to go past the minute. You wouldn't be able to use it for context. Okay. So that's how, because you, you, can, you can be so far removed from the death of a black person. And context wasn't enough for me to tell you that a police officer was kneeling on the neck of a black man for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's not enough context. No, because they need, to, they need to see the whole thing to, to, to understand. It's crazy even. The fact that there's even a trial right now being called the George Floyd trial. Right. Is crazy. So I'm so sorry that you're having to experience this. And I pray that it, that you make it through. And because you're needed, you're necessary. Even if you don't, you're still needed. You're still necessary in life as a whole. But it would be great if you could make it through this because I know that it's fucked. And this is why I haven't returned to academia in some regards, because although I want to do a master's and I want to do all of this stuff, I just can't stand um, any white person trying to talk to me crazy. I can't because I'm going to cuss. I'm going to cuss. And it's best for everybody if I don't. So um, that was the letter. And then I read that Matt Hancock and his sister have been up to some fuckery. I do not know how Hancock is still in his position i don't understand how he hasn't resigned yet or how he hasn't even been fired or investigated i do not know how he is surviving right now because white men don't have shame they don't have shame white tory men specifically 
shame can never be detected there you know they're doing all of these expeditions to mars to go and find if there's life there on mars <laughs> and everything else do research and send robots into the psyche of white men and especially white tory men because go and locate shame it's not there shameless shameless it says here health secretary matt hancock owns shares in a company which was approved as a potential supplier for nhs trusts in england it has emerged in march he declared he had acquired more than 15 percent of topwood limited which was granted the approved status in 2019 the firm which specializes in the secure storage shredding and scanning of documents also won 300 pounds of business from nhs wales this year a government spokesperson said there had been no conflict of interest he also said the health secretary had acted entirely properly. But Labour said that there was cronyism at the heart of this government and the party's shadow health secretary, Jonathan Ashworth, has asked the head of civil service to investigate whether Mr. Hancock breached the ministerial code. In March this year, Mr. Hancock declared in the MP's register of interest that he had acquired more than 15% of the shares in Topwood under a delegated management arrangement. Public contract records showed that the company was awarded a place in the shared business services framework as a potential supplier for NHS local trusts in 2019, the, the year after Mr. Hancock became health secretary. How convenient. The MP's register did not mention that his sister, Emily Gilruth, Involved in the firm since its foundation in 2002, owns a larger portion of the shares and is a director, or that Topwood has links to the NHS, as first reported by um, some other blogs and whatever. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer said, Matt Hancock has to answer the questions. He can't pretend that the responsibility lies elsewhere. I'm surprised that Keir Starmer is even saying anything. But he said that he's not suggesting the health secretary has broken any rules. Oh, spoke too soon. Spoke too soon because of course he's not. Of course he's not suggesting that he's Tory light. I, I don't even call him Tory light anymore. He's Tory full version, not zero sugar, not full nothing. Blown Tory. It's full blown. Um, yeah. Uh, but a government spokesperson said Mr. Hancock has acted entirely properly in these circumstances. All declarations of interest have been made in accordance with the ministerial code. Ministers have no involvement in the awarding of these contracts, and no conflict of interest arises. The Department of Health source said Mr. Hancock has discussed the fact he was to be gifted shares in the firm with civil servants before he accepted them. They ruled that if any conflicts of interest were to arise, they would be handled in line with the ministerial code, the rule book setting out the standards of conduct for ministers. This states that ministers should declare interests of close family if they believe they might give rise to a conflict. When he was Secretary of State for Digital, Cultural, Media and Sports in 2017, he did declare that his brother, Chris Hancock, was chief executive of an investment crowdfunding company called Crowd2Fund. The Department of Health said Mr Hancock had no active role in running Topwood. As Health Secretary for England, he does not have responsibility for NHS Wales, which awarded contracts to Topwood earlier this year. Um, Mr Hancock has not yet commented they you like to dance around things the fact of the matter is that you know that that provides him access he knows that contracts are on the table he knows everything that's happening so you pretending that well he's a minister for England and not Wales and the contract was handed to you know was handed from NHS Wales so there's really no problem there this isn't the first time that Matt Hancock has been pulled up about the very, very shady ways that he's been behaving, but you all make excuses for him. So I need him to take a top wood straw and suck out his mother. Immediately. But immediately. Because he even knows what he's doing. As I'm listening to this, it's like he, he's being very careful. Very strategic. Oh, but we'll get him though. Oh. We'll get him. 
We'll get him. But no, the thing is, why he's not going to get gotten in this time is because everybody's doing the same thing. Pretty and her eyebrows, her 70k eyebrows. Still, we don't know where that one exactly. came from. Exactly. Boris will probably be doing his own things there as well. With so, his kids. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> registering things under their names. Children yeah. that you haven't seen, you're registering things under their names to get yourself more money, allegedly. Anyway, I look at all of that and I think, like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to Matt because everybody else is running the same game. So everyone's trying to get as much money for themselves as possible. So but if it was crazy. Nigeria now, you lot would have the most to say. You'd corruption, have... corruption. But that's, no, it's very true what you're saying, though, because I think it's, it goes down to this image of corruption that we have. Like, it can only be proper corruption if there's if there's only black people yes. involved in it. But actually, what's happening in the... Oh, sorry, guys. What's happening in the UK is... Just as bad, or if not much worse. worse. Yeah, it's worse, and it's so blatant, right in your face, in the light of day. Because they're like, you lot will do absolutely nothing about it. Nothing. We cannot be stopped, and we'll do what we like. So I fucking hate it. So straw for Matt and his sister, and his and everybody, and and. Or maybe they should share a straw because that would be harder for them to suck their (laughs) arms. Do you know what I mean? If they both have an individual show, it'd be easier for them because they have got they have, they've got the same mum, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. So fine. So they should share a straw, a big one. Fucking idiots. Um, so that was the one of the straws for the week, and then, oh, as it as it gets deeper. So um, Blaze Compaore, who was one of the um, um, military guys who helped to overthrow Tom, um, Thomas Sankara. Um, it says here, Blaise Campari, former Burkina Faso president, now exiled in Cote d'Ivoire, is to be tried in a military court for killing the late great Thomas Sankara during the 1987 coup in which he took power. Um, two years after that, he slaughtered his two co-plotters. So after the, he got together with three people, they were like, boom, we're going to take out Thomas Sankara because he's doing all this pan-Africanist shit. You know, he's wanting freedom for all and liberation. We don't want that. So let's get him out. Um, it says here, um, from this is from a CIA report that's now being um, declassified. Economic promotions, Henry Zongo, both of whom um, control key army units in or near the capital. Economic promotion? Yeah. Is that the name? No, no, that's what he just says here. Oh, economic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you've heard all sorts of names I've heard recently. of all names, consolidation. <laughs> <laughs> Economic promotions, Henry Zongo, um, uh, both of whom control key army units in or near the capital, and Minister of Justice, uh, Blaise Compaore. Um, these men um, helped Sankara engineer the coup uh, in 1983 and remain responsible for the regime's security. We believe Sankara could be vulnerable to a coup um, attempt by any of these his three advisors, particularly if they become convinced that his popularity is eroding. According to the US Embassy, rumours of conflicts between Compaore and um, Sankara surface occasionally, but we have no corroborative evidence. Some, uncomfor- some, uncomf- some unconfirmed US Embassy sources claim that Compaore um, distrusts the extreme left and engineers, engineered its removal from the government in 1984. Um, then they've redacted, redacted, redacted. And it says, spur rivalries in the inner circles and possibly prompt one of Sankara's key advisors to launch a preemptive coup. Lingani, Zongo and Kompare each command military units capable of carrying out such a successful coup in our judgment. 
So it says here, in October on October 15th, 1987, Kompare, Lingani and Zongo joined together to overthrow and murder Sankara. A new junta was declared under the Popular Front, with Kompare becoming president of the renamed Burkina Faso. Lingani and Zongo maintained their positions as Minister of Popular Defence and Minister of Economic Promotion. The triumvirate of the three set out to um, undo Sankara's far-left reforms, although their cooperation would come to an end after two years. Um, It says here... um, Burkina Faso Radio announced today that a coup plot against President Blaise Compaoré by two top ministers in his landlocked West African country, formerly Upper Volta, had been foiled. The radio said the Defence Minister, Commander Jean-Baptiste Lingani, and the Minister of Economic Promotion, Captain Henry Zongo, were executed by firing squad after a coup attempt on Monday night. Officials said Lingani and Zongo, Compaoré's closest collaborators after he toppled his predecessor, Thomas Sankara, in a bloody coup in um, October 1987, tried to orchestrate the arrest of Compaoré when he returned from abroad Monday evening. So, um... You even had the guts to return? When, after... You know, what? what? He, well, that's, what, that's what he said, that they tried to arrest him when he came back, right? No, 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 this was this was at the time. So oh, he, oh, they oh. Were, when he was coming back from somewhere, that's when they tried to ambush him, basically, and okay. he got them all shot up. Um, so, a straw for you... A straw for you, Blaze, President, whatever you call yourself, a straw for you. Because when you do clownery, however long it takes, that clown will surely come, come back, back to, to bite. bite. All right? Because yeah, you let yeah, the yeah, American yeah. government, you let the CIA, you let all of these men use you lot, use you lot to, to for their own bidding. And you thought that you were cute. You took out the other people that, and they say that the only place that, you, the only way that three people can keep a secret is if two of them is dead. And you made sure of that. <laughs> he went to all the levels. You made sure all that that was all sorted. But at the end of the day, you will reap what you sow. And that's why they're now coming and look at the CIA de- declassifying documents and making sure that all of the shit that you were involved with was said out and bad. Like they made sure that everybody was to know that from thirty three years ago, right? Right. But now you can. The America, America will say, "Oh, we." I think Joe Biden was saying recently, "We want, we enjoy um, a democracy that is free from interference from other governments." But you like to involve yourself in other people's yeah, business, all the, all the time. and that's why Putin is doing what he's doing to you lot because you kept doing it to other people, and now you're crying. And now you're crying. So when we look at things like this, like Thomas Sankara wanted to move things in a particular direction. You lot didn't want that. America came to come and help you. And who knows who else came to come and help you. You managed this coup. And then you thought everything was cute. And then you decided that you were going to take out your other two um, co-conspirators as well to solidify that everything was fine for you. But it was never fine for you because, look, you were even exiled and you were chilling in Cote d'Ivoire. And they said that that wasn't enough. They came and said, no, no, you will now be tried. You will now be tried for your crimes. And I love that energy. But more people need to be tried for their crimes too because... It's absolutely wild that any time we've tried to move towards something that felt like liberation, it's people that look like you that will come to come and do the white man's bidding to take you out. Oh, well. Oh, well, you can suck your mum. Whatever happens to you, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a heck because you deserve it. So, oh, well. Simple. And then the last um, straw of the week, aka suck your mum, goes out to Kim Potter, the police officer in um, Minneapolis who shot um, Duante Wright. She said that she, after 25 years of service, she thought that she she was picking up her taser and not her gun. 
You're a lying Jankro. You're a stupid bitch. How many bitch. times have we heard that excuse? It was the same with Oscar Rice. It was the same with Oscar Rice in 2009, the whole basis of Fruit Station. No, Oscar Rice. Oscar Grant. Oscar Grant, sorry. Yeah, sorry. sorry. My, sorry. my, my bad, thank it's you. My, but no, it's, it's their fault that it. we mix them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So Oscar Grant, 2009. That was the whole raid that we had Fruit Bell Station when, and mm-hmm. that that um, uh, um, police officer said, oh, I thought it was my taser. You're a liar because you knew it wasn't your taser. Yeah. Even the way that it's positioned on your belt, the taser is on the non-dominant side. It's not on your... You use your dominant hand to shoot. So you'd naturally go to your gun on the dominant side. It's all lies. And then even before... If you if you always study these situations before the gun or the taser or whatever is brought out, excessive force was used already. Right. Like something's gone wrong. Something always goes wrong way before yes. that actually happens. And it leads up to it. So, and I think what's what's crazy about Kim Potter... Is it Kim? Is it Kim Potter? Kim Potter. Kim Potter. Jesus, let's be careful. Uh, what's crazy about Kim Potter <laughs> is that um, she's left. She has. She said that she's enjoyed. What did she say? She said she's enjoyed the twenty-five years of service. Yeah, I've enjoyed every moment of being a police officer, including when you shot someone dead. That's blatantly what you're saying. That's blatantly. She says here, dear Mayor Elliot, Mister Edwards, and Chief Gannon. I've read that as Gammon. It says here. I'm tendering my resignation from the Brooklyn Centre Police Department effective immediately, just to make it clear to you here, this Brooklyn Centre is in Minneapolis and not in Brooklyn, New York. It says here, um, effective immediately. I have um, loved every minute of being a police officer and serving this community to the best of my ability, but I believe it is the best. It is in the best interest of the community, the department and my fellow officers if I resign immediately. Sincerely, Officer Kim Potter. Okay, now that's okay, but let me tell you some things about resignations. They have to be accepted. Yeah. And they haven't accepted her resignation yet. <laughs> They're still investigating. And but that's that's what's crazy about it, that they still need to investigate. There's nothing to investigate, but hey, they still they haven't accepted her res- resignation because I think if she resigns, isn't she still she's still um eligible for the perks like the pension and yeah, yeah, all those yeah, things. Yeah. Just a quick side note, this there's a black police a black uh, lady police officer who just won her right to her pension after it was taken away from her years ago because she tried to stop her white police officer um, partner from strangling a black guy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I explained that in such a shit way, but yeah. She literally just won rights to her pension today. Oh, not. Oh, sorry, no, she's, uh, she's resigned. She's oh, resigned. Has it been accepted? Yeah, because they're now referring to her as ex cop. But they love that. They and this is. That, uh, but the, no, but what gets me about all of this stuff is that it was the same when with Sarah Everard, with Cressida Dick coming out and saying that the, the police officer was not on duty at the time that it happened. They almost try to move you away from being a cop as soon as possible when the violence happens. Mm-hmm, when it's mm-hmm. like, no, he was still a he was still employed as a police officer though. So even now that you're referring to her as ex cop, no, because she still she was a cop at the time. Yes, that's it happened, and she's still always going to be a cop. Yeah. Um. It says here, ex cop who fatally shot Duante Wright, charged with second degree manslaughter. Oh, she's been charged. Yeah. Good. Former officer Kim Potter was arrested on Wednesday morning after shooting and Good. killing the 20 year old black man during a traffic stop in Minnesota. Where, um, on Sunday and why did she stop him because he had um, those tree shaped air fresheners in the rear view mirror and apparently that's illegal to have in Minnesota oh my god that's why and then he's ended up dead just because of that 20 years old 20 yes 20 year old um, he leaves behind a 2 year old son um, he was shot and killed by Brooklyn Centre police officer Kim Potter 
Uh, the former, uh, former police chief claimed that Potter, a 26-year veteran of the department, mistook her gun for a taser. Which is a lie. Very much so. It's just, it's actually be like belly turning kind of sick, where it's just like, these are lives just being taken because yeah. you made a mistake. But apparently you made a mistake about yeah. your taser. I've never held a taser. I've never held a gun, but I am very sure they feel very different. They're much lighter. They feel Me very, much lighter. very, very different. And you even use them differently. If it was yes. your taser, why would you aim your taser from a distance? Right. It's just so, oh, sickening, man. It's absolutely sickening. And it's just crazy how it, it there's been no conversation around reforming gun control or doing whatever that they need to do with gun. Take the guns off the fucking streets. America but it's, is... But it's when you've written it into your constitution, this is part of the problem, mm -hmm. that you said that they have a right to bear it's arms. It's too so you're hard going, to take You back. can't take back. Like, you know, America's always been about property and it's always been about stolen property. You stole black people. You stole the land that you brought the black people to. Everything you, you, you were stealing. And in fact, um, a lot of the ancestry that were initially going to America... You were sent there because you were thieves. Mm -hmm. You were sent there because you were of theft. And so Britain sent you over there and said, go and live there instead. So all you know is theft. And so you're trying to protect things that you stole. Right. So it's not surprising to me. And to take away the gun would really, take away guns would really um, um, affect the identity of America. Like what is America without guns? Because America is war. That's all America's ever known, war. And so what can it be beyond war? Nobody knows. And that's why everybody's so scared to to explore the unknown. But the America that you know, when we go back to the tarot, the America that you know is dying, is dead, in fact. Right? And you've got to be able to move past that. So there's no, there's no reforming. You can't wake something from the dead. Only God can do that. Right? So you just need to understand that you've got to let it go and something else needs to come. But it can't be something that's based on the rhetoric of what you had previously because all that will bring is more death well, you're right you can't you can't reform a piece of shit a piece <laughs> of shit it's a piece of shit no matter how you which way you shine it yep. it's, it's a piece of shit it's a piece of shit sad so it's really really i'm you know rest in peace duante right and i'm so so sorry this happened and fuck you kim potter fuck you and amber guygaard the other one that you know shot a black man in his home and um she said she thought it was her own home <sighs> and then they were stroking her hair in court mm, really giving, fuck her all, giving her a hug gave her a bible you know really fuck all of you and so when i saw that kim potter is blonde as well i was like oh yeah this one they're gonna hug her and read her bedtime stories and again, we come back to the whole thing of they're now trying to, they were trying to bring up things like, oh, well, Duante Wright did this in the past and he did this in the past. That doesn't matter. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter what he did in the past because it was, even if he was doing it at the time of you um, um, apprehending him, the fact is mass shooters, people who you know, before you arrive on the scene, you know have shot up at least eight people. You still managed to take them alive. And take them to Burger King before you take them to right. prison. Right, but somehow black people, you just can't manage to apprehend them alive. It's just not possible. And then leading on from that, Adam Toledo, rest in peace, little boy, baby boy. Oh, that this that. If you want to talk about heartbreaking, this is honestly because you motherfuckers lied. You said that the reason he was shot was because he he had a gun. But actually, we see him drop it. Or didn't he, he drop something, he right? He threw something over, yeah. So, but the, at the time, in the body cam footage, what we see is that his hands are up. Yes, and you shot him. And you shot him with his hands up. And you lied. And you thought that that, that video was never going to come to light. And you lied. And then switched off the body cam, actually, after, shortly after. There we go. 
and you and you, now you're saying, oh, yeah, we got the wrong, we got the wrong information. It says here, a veteran Chicago prosecutor is put on leave for not telling court that Adam Toledo, 13, was unarmed the moment the CPD officer shot him dead when teen had dropped gun a second before. Yes, there you are. So in the video, you see him drop the gun, yep. hands up, then he gets shot. So when we look at it, everywhere is corrupt because this prosecutor was willing to lie. Everybody's lying. Everybody's lying to protect police. And we keep hearing about a few bad apples, a few bad apples. But um, that Rittenhouse, it was his name, Carl Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse or whatever, when he did what he did when um, they were protesting before about what happened to George Floyd... He, um, yeah, he started shooting people. He, so many police officers went to go and donate to him. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you did nothing wrong. We support you. So Kim, wh- Kim, where- Kim Potter, she'll, she'll get donations. Yeah, she'll get donations as well. She'll so this is how white supremacy works. So you can't tell me a few bad apples because I don't believe that. There like, are millions, thousands of bad apples. And I would be concerned, you know, if, if there were a few bad apples, if there were a few bad Kalechis <laughs> out, out, out in the streets, giving Kalechis a bad name. I would want as soon as possible for us to catch them all <laughs> because I don't need them Kalechis giving me a bad name, but I don't see you lot coming with the same no. energy. You're like, it's a few bad apples and then you sit the fuck down. No, go and find them, flog them. It's flog actually just them. a few good apples. That's literally, literally what it is. There are only a few good apples <laughs> and people can't be risking their lives like that, trying to figure out which one you're going to be on, which kind of day that you're having. Right. Especially a lot of the time where they only have a second to decide that. Oh! No, I'm Adam Toledo, rest in peace. Um, Duante Wright, rest in peace. Kim Potter, burn in hell, you stupid bitch. Please, they need to give her the death penalty if they still want to be running But they that. won't now because she's got second degree manslaughter. So I don't even know what you can get for that. But they're Ooh, always choosing. The they're very they're very strategic about which um um what charges they place on them. Mm-hmm. And it just, no, I don't even know what to say. And But here you have Joe Biden. Yay. We did it, Joe. What did, did you do? Joe. What did you do? Kamala Nothing. Harris, you have them. What What's being done? It's just weird how we just stopped talking about them. Right. Because this is the way that life works. Like, people are sheep. Like, you are so desperate to vote them in, vote them in. What is being done? Oh, well, you know that they've got to pass this through here and pass that through there. But look at how Trump did whatever the fuck he wanted, regardless of passing this through here and passing this through there. Don't tell me that it's a case of respecting democracy when actually it's just a case of um, upholding white supremacy. No matter which face is doing it, no matter what kind of tan they have or what kind of texture hair they have, what they're doing is upholding white supremacy. And you're, you just buy into the fact of, well, it's the lesser of two evils. Well, you're still voting for evil at the end of the day, aren't you? That is the problem. So they're not going to say anything that in any way, I mean, even what Joe Biden said, he's like, oh, well, it's tragic that these deaths have happened, but we should remember that there's no um, um, excuse for um, looting and and violence. And they always give a longer statement to the looting and violence than they actually do to the deaths of the people at the hands of police. They'll usually spend half a sentence on that and they spend the entire paragraph talking about oh well that's no excuse for looting that's no excuse for this again coming back to the love of property just like you said it's the love of property 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 and since you lot didn't want to be property anymore you fucking nignogs you can't be complaining now that you're getting shot because now we're going to protect actual property okay that's literally it that's literally it and i hate it i fucking hate it and on that note as well simon and schuster 
again, Simon and Schuster US, if you want me to clarify, you can go suck your, <laughs> your you can go suck your mother's too. Because again, this is why I was saying that Black Square Summer did nothing for me. Nope. So many organizations were running forward to post their black squares and say that they were listening and learning. And Simon and Schuster was one of those that did, oh yeah, we're listening and learning. Only for them to um be the ones publishing um a book by one of the officers who was there when Breonna Taylor was murdered. And then they've come up with a statement because obviously people got onto them. They said, um, like so much of the American public, earlier today, Simon & Schuster learned of plans by a distribution client, Post Hill Press, to publish a book by Jonathan Mattingly. We have subsequently decided not to be involved in the distribution of this book. Mm. How convenient. And I, I like how they said, what the, what's, what's that phrase that they use, distributor client? Yes. Try to make, they palmed it off. Just, like, just so you know, it wasn't us, us, but yeah. it was, was us. But this isn't the first time that you've been known to want to publish the book of a white supremacist. So it's only when people get onto you that suddenly you're like, oh, actually, guys, no, no, we won't be doing that. We won't we, we won't be involved in that. How did this guy even get into the room to have a conversation okay. Okay. about a book related okay. to being uh, distributed by Simon and How did that even happen? Okay, because you're, you're saying that it was brought to your attention today as if you wouldn't have needed to sign when off When we all it. learned about it today as well. They're saying that they learned about it the same day we did liars Woo, it says here simon and schuster has said that it will not be um distributing a book by one of the police officers who shot brianna taylor after a small publisher whose books are distributed through simon and schuster announced the book to widespread criticism the fight for truth the inside story behind the brianna taylor tragedy is by sergeant jonathan mattingly and this is why the same way that we said kim potter's going to get money carl rittenhouse was getting money from those police officers it's important to see the way that white supremacy shapeshifts in order to make sure that those who act in the name of white supremacy, they get gifted something. They get, you know, they get given something for Prioritize. their troubles. They get given something for their troubles in one way or another. They get remunerated and it's usually with money to make sure that they have a comfortable life. We saw it happen with um, George Zimmerman as well. The amount of money that he got for, um, that was... Um, he got millions. Yeah. Trayvon Martin. Oh, yeah, you're trying to remember the yeah. situation, yeah. And that's what's sad. Like, you really have to just call back the names of the number of people who have been killed at the hands of the police. And I know that now, now I'm talking about something that's very US-centric, but we know that it's not something that we don't know very, very intimately in the UK as well. And people made a great point that even when we go back to the Kim Potter situation... Tasers can still kill people, you know, and do still kill people. But also, let's take into account that you were going to tase him for having an air freshener in his rear view mirror. Oh. Has the body cam been released for that one? Um, I don't know, but I heard that they were saying like she was like, oh, I shot him, I shot him. I don't know if that was dash cam footage. I think I want to know. I think I want to just, yeah. I don't, I don't make it a thing to go watch these videos, but I think that particular one I want to... I just I fucking hate it. Um, so yeah, they're always remunerated. They're always compensated in one way or another for acting in the name of white supremacy. And this is it. Like everyone was talking about, oh, nobody should publish any books that Trump wants to release once he finishes being president. You're all fucking liars because you're all gagging for it. You're gagging for um, Trump to re- um, to want to release a book because you all bid for it and because you all feel like, oh, it's about getting the story out here and having balanced conversations when actually you're all just acting in the name of white supremacy. Yep. I think about the number of hoops i've got to jump through when i just want to release a young book but you're telling me that the same measures aren't taken when you are releasing books by white supremacists clearly not clearly not because they're on our bookshelves all of the time 
Anyway, it says here, the fight for truth, the inside story behind the Breonna Taylor tragedy is by Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, a Louisville, Kentucky officer who shot Taylor and was wounded in the raid on her home in March last year. The book is being published by Post Hill Press, a small independent that specialises in conservative politics. And I think that's interesting because if we remember back to Tabitha Sterling and how she's a small publisher and the group that she was, the ethno-nationalist group that she was begging for them to not take her out of, fucking wayward <laughs> failure. Um, it's interesting to me that there is a specific press that focuses on prov- um, and publishing conservative voices. Like you basically focus on publishing racists. And that, that is, and they are owned by Simon and Schuster. Right. And Christian titles, um, they specialise in conservative po- politics and Christian titles. They're one and the same, so you don't even need to differentiate as far as I'm concerned. And home to authors including far-right conspiracy theorist Laura Loomer and embattled Republican congressman Matt Gates, or whatever his name is, um, Mattingly is still employed by the Louisville um, Police Department and was the first officer to enter Taylor's apartment after midnight on 13th of March 2020 as part of a narcotics investigation. Mattingly fired at least one of the six shots that hit Taylor, according to an FBI ballistics report, but not the one that killed her. Oh, well, that's wonderful then, isn't it? Great. Um, he was also shot in the leg by Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, after Walker filed a, shoot, filed a lawsuit against him. Mattingly filed a countersuit for assault and battery, saying Walker's actions had caused him severe trauma, mental anguish and emotional distress. So this is someone that does not feel remorseful. Definitely not. In September, he was cleared by a grand jury alongside another officer who fired the lethal shot. So they were both cleared after shooting Brianna. Wonderful. Detective Brett Hankinson was indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment for firing shots that went into Taylor's neighbour's apartment. So they weren't even being um, tried for shooting Brianna. They were tried for all the shots that missed Brianna and instead went into a war and went into the neighbour's apartment. That's just how valued black women's lives are. But I'm sure you white women will now come and tell me how you've had similar experiences and you know what that's like. Cunts. Um... Earlier on Thursday, Simon & Schuster said in a statement that in no that it had no editorial control over titles released by the smaller publishers for which it provides distribution. Hours later, after widespread criticism and campaigns to, com- um, to complain to uh, Simon & Schuster head office, the publisher issued a second statement distance, distancing itself from Mattingly's book. Um, like much of the American public, earlier today, Simon & Schuster learned of plans by distribution client Postal Press to publish a book by Jonathan Mattingly. The publisher said, we have subsequently decided not to be involved in the distribution of this book. But it took people coming at your neck a for second you, time yeah. for you to go and take it back. Otherwise, this book you would have like, been released yes? if it was under the radar, literally. Yes. Um... How this may affect the book's publication remains unclear. Before Simon & Schuster announced that it would no longer distribute the book, a spokeswoman for Postal Press, Kelsey Merritt, said the publisher supported freedom of speech for all of its authors. It's funny that you only choose authors that that they want freedom to speech the things that nobody fucking needs to hear. Um, in the case of Sergeant Mattingly, the mainstream media narrative has been entirely one-sided related to this story, and we feel he deserves to have his account of the tragic events heard publicly as well. But you know whose story we can't hear? Who's not writing a book? Breonna Taylor. Hmm. She hasn't got a book deal. She's got no book coming out. Why? I think it's because she's fucking dead, you fucking cunts. So therefore, you can all go suck your mothers. Anybody that was going to distribute the book, anybody that was um, that gave this um, Mattingly guy his deal, Mattingly himself, all of you go suck your mothers. Suck your you mom, pass please. out. Please. So you pass out, and then I want then 
for the ants that eat your body and the maggots that come out of it, I want them to release a book. That's what that's the book. <laughs> we, that I, I want to hear from them. I want to hear from them. <laughs> oh, that's wow. the book that I want to read. You know, yes. all of you can go fuck yourselves. And on that note, well, that is it for this week's Ooh. episode. Woo of S Y M. Woo 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 woo. I have been Kalechi with me, Sadie, and this has been S Y M, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck, Suck your mum. You can find me on at. Well, you can go find me on that collection of coffee. I won't be doing anything there or at Say Your Mind Pod. You can find me at Sadiq O J N. That's on Insta and Twitter. And you can support the podcast on Patreon.com forward slash Kalechi Okafor. And I guess that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. I think those are all the bits covered. Oh and obviously, big up Skillshare for sponsoring this week's episode. And I hope that you enjoyed Natalie's interview with me. Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's it then. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani Womanist. Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.